When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! Start of week 10 of the National Football League starts tonight with a dud. I mean, Carolina and the Bears. Holy cow. Do you talk about two teams talking about April? <laughs> Man, hey, that thing right now, tonight, is going to test your loyalty to football. Do you, love the, uh, do you love the NFL? That thing's like an exhibition game. I can't even tell you who's quarterbacking. Holy cow. We're going to have some fun today here, though, too. And by the way, I hope this topic right out of the gate doesn't piss you off. I, I, I really do. Hey, for the Eagles... It's resting and recharging time. You get to sit back with family and get to watch the league and you get a chance to recharge yourself again as you make the second half push. And I think that is so... I think the Eagles may have had the best buy of any top contender team in the National Football League. I, I, I think they got the best buy at the best time, even better than a year ago. Because, I mean, recharging, retooling, rethinking, so many different things that you could be doing right now as you go into that second half of the season. And personally, I think this is going to give um, really a great opportunity to see what this team could do in the second half. You're going to be defined over these next five games on what you're going to do for the Super Bowl. You basically start your playoffs when you come out of the bye against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? Really. We're going to talk a little Carson Wentz here, too, at the top. Got to say this to you about Carson Wentz. I saw it in Los Angeles, and they introduced him. How he handles himself in Los Angeles will determine his future in the NFL. It's an audition. He won't be a Ram next year. But he's auditioning. And you know how else he's auditioning? He's auditioning to show people that he can handle certain roles and being put in certain situations. Can he handle adversity is the most important thing. This is going to define him and what people either thought of him or maybe there was a misconception of him. Because Carson Wentz right now in his life there's question marks, not about his ability. When you look at Carson Wentz's numbers, it's not about his ability. It's his, 
It's about his ability to handle adversity. Dude, the worst thing and character that you can have at that position is not handling adversity. You're going to have more adversity in your life at that position than any position in the National Football League, and you've got to handle it. Carson Wentz had a great year in Indy. I don't want to hear anybody go, Carson Wentz, he, you know, he had an okay year in it. No, he didn't. He had a great year in Indy. He had a great year. It was a super year in Indy. I mean, that's not a bad year. He had a shitty owner. He had another shitty owner in Washington. Look at how everyone went. Well, look at Washington. It was a shit show. Look at the guy running it. He's got to overcome that, though. You've got to overcome it. You've got to overcome that if you want to be a star. We got Eagle Topics, the segment with my friend Tone at 3.30, Jason Cole at 4.30, who covers the Rams, by the way, and a league Pro Football Hall of Fame insider, voter. We will talk to him. That'll be at 4.30. I want to start this thing off here. And before we get to the Eagle Topics, you think Carson Wentz one day goes into the Eagles Hall of Fame? You think one day Carson Wentz will be considered for the Eagle Hall of Fame? You think you think he gets in? Kevin goes, laugh out loud, what? Hell no, no. Let's take a look at that. Burt Bell MVP, same award. That's your boy Jalen Hurts one. Pro Bowler, second team all pro, same as Hurts. Fourth all-time in passing yards in Eagle history. Fourth in completions in Eagle history. Fourth in TD passes in Eagle history. Season, number one passing season in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles belongs to Carson Wentz in 2019 with 4,039 yards passing. 2016, the fifth best season by an NFL quarterback by the Eagles with 3,782 is owned by Carson Wentz. 2017, the Super Bowl, 3,296, 19th all-time on the Eagle list for the best passing season. TDs, 2017, number one. So wait a minute. Carson Wentz owns the single-season passing yardage number and touchdowns, and he's sixth in 2019 with 27. 2018, he's 20th with 22. 2016, he's 37th with 16. 2020, horribly. He's also 16th. 
And he has a Super Bowl. Name me a quarterback who has had more accomplishments than that guy. Donovan? Okay. To some extent, Randall? Hertz hasn't accomplished this yet. He's just he's accomplished the same stuff that Jalen has accomplished. Now, Jalen, the advantage he has, it wasn't a dual threat, so to speak, with Foles and Wentz in 17. It was all Jalen. Boy, I'll tell you something. The more you look at his numbers and his time in Philly, you guys are trying to change the narrative on this guy, too. Interesting. Everyone knows how it ended. Look at how shitty it ended for Donovan. The Eagles were so pissed off they traded him, didn't they, to Washington? Divisional opponent? Or was he a free? I I remember how that played out, how he landed in Washington. Am I serious? So wait a minute. Kayvon goes, am I serious? I'm asking you the question for a guy who's accomplished just about everything there is to accomplish as a quarterback in Eagle history. Why are you denying the history of Carson Wentz in Philly? He's going to be defined in Los Angeles by his attitude. I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for him. But when you look at Carson Wentz and what he has accomplished in Philly, you're telling me he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles? Say it with me. Carson Wentz is one of the greatest quarterbacks in Eagle history. Can you? Or won't you? You can't, even though his numbers and his accomplishments say it. You know, there's only two other guys that have won the Burt Bell, which is an MVP award. It's Ron Jaworski and it's Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Trivial? You think being part of a Super Bowl team is trivial? You know, I thought about you guys last night a lot and how you treat this guy and how you look at Carson Wentz. Personally, I don't give a shit about his attitude. He's not here anymore. But when you look at the guy's legacy, he left a lasting legacy in Philly that you guys refuse to acknowledge. You should be embarrassed for yourselves. You should be embarrassed. Some of you should be embarrassed on a legacy he left behind there. Yeah, but Sills, it ended shitty. I don't care. It's the winningest time in Eagle history. And you'll say this to me now. No, now is. No, it's not. Not yet. In Foles, we trust. Funny. Couldn't keep his job in Philly either. That guy was a substitute teacher. Nick Foles will go down as the greatest NFL substitute teacher of all time. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. 
But some of you would rather put him in the Eagle Hall of Fame than Carson Wentz, right? I get it. Well, this guy's not mentally tough. <laughs> That's not what his resume says. That's not what that game in Los Angeles said. Funny, man. How some of you are Cowboy fans. Deniers. Without Wentz, Eagles won't have a Super Bowl. <laughs> don't say that out loud too. Hey, Latin, don't say that too loud. How we treat him, bro? We gave up. He gave up on all of us. Carson Wentz gave up on all of you? I'm not talking about his attitude. I'm talking about his accomplishments. You're tying both of them in. You make it sound like he's your buddy. I could give a shit about him. I'm talking about what he accomplished. You're tying emotion into this. Say it with me. He's one of the top four quarterbacks in the history of the franchise. Say it, because he is. You won't admit it. This is some exercise. You won't admit. Prince goes, why are we? Because your Super Bowl, part of your Super Bowl team and your legacy is now going to the Rams with an opportunity to further his career. Aren't you rooting for him? And I, I've been listening the last two days. Whether you're rooting for Wentz, I saw something on IP's website. They're talking about it too. Eagle fans, it's almost like he's the bastard child. Isn't it? He does not have the numbers to be a great quarterback in Eagle history, says Steve. Well... I say he does. 16,811, fourth all time. Best passing season in Eagle history. Best touchdown season in Eagle history. He's got the fifth greatest season in Eagle history. He's got the sixth best touchdown season in Eagle history. He's fourth in completions. Pro bowler. MVP, winning record. He doesn't. Wentz quit on you. I'm not talking about attitude. I'm talking about resume. You're tying both in your emotions. Not single season. There's multiple seasons. I cannot believe how some of you are this is this is not a shade on Jalen. This is something that I would like to know personally why you can't give this guy and should he be an Eagle Hall of Famer? That's the question. Has this man put enough up to be the in an Eagle Hall of Fame? Who do you think was more important to the Eagles' success in 17? Brandon Graham or Carson Wentz? 
Who do you think was more important and instrumental in this season of the Super Bowl? Fletcher Cox or Carson Wentz? Is there any more person on that team that year that was more important than Wentz during the regular season? No. Maybe no. No. Is he an Eagle Hall of Famer? He won't get in because you know why? One of the strongest fan bases and one of the most impactful fan bases would blow a gasket if you put that guy in. Who's that guy, Tone, that they just put in to the Phillies Hall of Fame and he hates Philly? What's that guy's name? He didn't want to be involved in it. What was what was that guy's name? He was a cardinal. What was that guy's name? No one had a cow with that guy. And that guy hates you. Who's that guy that the Phillies just put in? And like he he um he was supposed to go like on the wall of fame or something with the Phillies. Scott Rowland, that's it. He said, that's okay. Thank you. No. <laughs> Scott Rowland. Right? Scott Rowling goes, no, that's all right. <laughs> ah, nobody had a cow with that. No, not this guy who helped you win a championship. <laughs> Still says regular season doesn't matter. Well, hit regular season got you home field to win the Super Bowl, dog. This season mattered massively in the 17. Hey, dog, you can say, here, here, LJ's one of those guys. Who, who doesn't look at Wentz at all in any kind of way whatsoever as one of the greatest quarterbacks in your franchise's history? What a tool. Love Wentz. We got a chip at draft capital, ultimately. Again, Jalen Carter, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Kind of all in a cycle, isn't it? This guy has no shot to get in because the fans hate him. Even though... The end of the day, you should be ashamed of yourself, some of you. What's Hurts done more than him? Was I'll tell you, the only thing he's done more is that he was the single figure last year who almost won it. Greatest hurricane quarterback, in your opinion? Bernie Kozar. Not Jim Kelly. Wentz had 13 great games in his career. Well, that's not what this says. That's not what that says. I'm not going to hang too much on this here. All I'm saying to you is, is that this guy belongs in your Hall of Fame. He does. He belongs in your Hall of Fame more than Nick Foles does. Foles had the greatest moment. Carson's had the greatest seasons. There's no denying it. His body of work proves it. Interesting. Interesting how you see him. Good luck, Carson. I hope you take full advantage of your opportunity in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. 
This is not about being a Ram. This is about keeping your dream alive and how you handle your role as a football player moving forward. They're not going to gauge him on what touchdown passes and all the rest of that stuff. They're going to gauge him on role, how he handles himself, how he is ability to be coached. That's what you're going to be handled on. All right. I thought about somebody asked me a question about what something that the Eagles could do to improve their football team. Hey, also, we're going to look at the midway point of all 32 NFL teams here in a minute. So we're, we're going to get into that here in a second as well. I think it's pretty cool to reflect and look on some of the teams, especially what we said at the beginning of the year to where they are now. Kind of like a mid-season report on some of the teams in the National Football League. But I, I, I want to throw this out here about the Eagles. What would you feel about the Eagles going to some two-back set to try to spark some of the run game and try to put up? Now, do they have the talent to run the ball? How many people think Swift is wearing down a little? I got to say this to you. I see why Detroit moved off him. He's not very physical. You don't really have any physical backs. So I don't know you have the talent. I think he's a really good pass catcher. I think if I had to say this about DeAndre Swift as a as a runner, inconsistent, he he he's got really good moves. He doesn't run the contact. He's shifty in the lane, but he's not very physical. And that's why he gets yanked out in the 20 and in the red zone. He's not a physical back. The Eagles even look at him that way. He, he's, he's just not physical. And some would say this, well, he's not getting the ball enough. Well, that's why the Eagles don't want to hand it to him because they don't want to wear him out because he's not a physical back. I think the difference this year between your running game of a year ago and your running game this year, you're not physical with your skilled people. I don't think you have anything. And Jalen's not running as much when it comes to the design plays for him to get out and be part of the true running game. Um, You're just not as physical. You got to get back to the physicality of running the ball again. You're not physical. You don't have no physical running backs. And you're going to need that in this stretch here to close games out. You know, it's you're eight and one. And you know what's going to be important? Think about this when you come out of the bye against Kansas City. You know, Kansas City's got a top five defense. I think that's a top five defense. And you know what you're going to need? You're going to be able to have to have the ball in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium late in the ball game for this part of why and how you're going to win. You know what that is? You can't have three and outs, a poor coaching decision, and you throw the ball down the field, and then you kick it to Mahomes. Mahomes is going to go down the field and win it on there. He ain't Dak. He's going to win it. You're going to need to be physical, running the ball, 14-play drive, stuff like that. You're going to have to be physical. In this next five, six-game stretch, and you're just not very physical. 
It's not that your old line's not. They are. Your backs aren't. There's a reason Detroit moved off that guy. I don't think DeAndre Swift's very physical. He had two good games. And the rest of them have been good. Using them well. But they're not going to give him 25. They're not going to give him on a consistent basis over these next five, six games, 25 carries. He won't make it. Penny who? Five star. I love it. Eight and one. Halfway home, dog. Halfway home. <laughs> we need Jer- Jurgens is the answer. Guy playing out of position. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Would you go to some type of two-back set to spark the run game? You're going to need to keep the ball away from some of these guys. And especially when you go on the road to Seattle. I'm trying to figure out a way to get the run game going to help out time of possession here and not have these close games. Against the heart of your schedule. Would you say Shane is the reason Jalen is banged up this year? Jalen legs bailed him out like every game in 2022. Isn't it funny? He's more banged up this year than he was last year. And it seemed that he ran more physically last year than he did this year. Isn't that crazy? Last year, he looked like he ran more RPOs. And this year, he's more banged up. Isn't that crazy? He's more banged up in the pocket than he's actually banged up when he was running more RPOs last year. That's actually wild to me for me to even for even to think about that. He is more banged up now than he was banged up last year. Okay? O-line isn't playing as good. O-line is not as good of pass protectors as you think. They're re- hey, what's the difference this year between when you look at the pass protection versus the pass protection of a year ago? Your backs don't block as well in protecting the quarterback, and your quarterback's getting hit more and giving up more sacks. Now, again, you know what that becomes more of? It's so much – get this. It's not the fact – that your old line is not good pass protectors. It's just more volume of pass, pass rush attempts. Don't you see that? The grades for the group are going to kind of be down because the hits are going to be up and the pressures are going to be up and the interceptions and the turnovers are going to be up because of why? There's more volume of attempts, which means Hertz gets hit more, which means run the ball and With physical, I don't fear anybody you have on your football team on the offensive side except for A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, sometimes Devontae, who, quite frankly, the first half of the season, you know, when someone goes like this, well, he's on pace for 1,000 yards. So do you think having a guy like Devontae Smith and averaging like 59 yards a game, do you think that's dominating? I mean, are you concerned about a guy who gets around 59 yards a game in the receiving end? 
I don't know, man. You got a guy on the other end getting 140, 130. Then you got another guy getting 50 or 60 yards. I don't know. Probably still. Okay. But when I look at Devontae's first half, I do this. I don't know. Hunter Renfro stuff. I'm not saying Hunter Renfro's as good as him. I just kind of see the same numbers. Our running backs are only as good as our offensive line. Run blocking is going to take even more of a hit without Goddard by far. Oh, that is a really good take too, T Car, because now you got to now get this. So your edge rushers now are going to have when they're running against the Eagle offensive line. Who are you putting out there at tight end when you take on Micah Parsons and you got to run a twist on? Who who's the end? Are you going to bring Julio down? Probably not. That's going to give edge rushers because Goddard is exceptional in the run game. And I think he's a damn good pass probe tight end. Are you going to go with unbalanced line? How are you going to handle? Again, in this offseason, every one of those Eagle coaches are doing this right now. How can we, what's the one area, okay, in, in case it's me, what's the one area that you would like to see them go into Kansas City having worked on coaching-wise? Players are not there. They're off until next week. What's the one area the coaches you think have to do a better job of once the players come back next week and get ready for Kansas City? Who? Okay, let's start with the offense. Let's start with the offense because we're there right now. So let's stay there. What's the one area? Short intermediate plays. Shorter passing game. Quick slants. That would help the run game. That's a great take, LJ. Wait a minute, brotherly tough. Let me show you something here. Sometimes up in New England, when Brady was struggling with the run game and when he was even down in Tampa, what did they do to loosen up the linebackers and move the guys off the line of scrimmage? They would do those quick slants of those wheel routes, right? Brady would go to that short passing game or he'd go to the dump off or he'd go to the short passing game. What did it do? Made the linebackers had to get back a little bit deeper in their sets. Instead of moving up, because right now, if if you're if you're playing against the Eagles, okay, and you got a decent secondary, and by the way, Kansas City, there's not a weakness. You heard Bill Moss yesterday. There's not a weakness on that defense. Linebackers are great. Defense, they got two guys on that defense are going to get at least 13 sacks this year too. Their corners are exceptional. There's no weakness. Okay. No, there's no weakness. And if that's me, I'm going to try to stop. Now with no Goddard, I'm going to stop AJ. And get this, I'm going to single cover Devontae. I have no problem with that. And I'm going to press him. I'm going to press him. Let's see how you move the sticks against Kansas City. How are you going to do it? Running the ball? Okay. 
So running the ball here, right? Running on second down? I think more running on first down. Brady isn't on the Eagles. That's not what I said, Barb. It's a fundamental process on how you loosen linebackers up. <laughs> that that's when when I make a comment like that, I said how Brady would loosen up the run game. He would go to short intermediate wheel routes and hitch passes and slants to move the backers back. I think that's kind of what you have to do. I'll say it again for some of you. Good night. <laughs> we aren't forcing any turnovers. I'll, I'll get to the defensive side here. Every team in the league isn't perfect. Correct. Last year, your team was perfect almost. This year, you're not, but that's okay. You got a quarterback that is getting better from the first, I would say, first four games of the year. I would make this comment to you. Even with the Jets game wedged in there, from the first four games and then four after that, I would say this to you, that he's gotten better every week. He's gotten better every week. You can't be each week. And we have proven that eight and one and still not satisfied. I would I would say this to you, David. Eight and one is is without a doubt, I say this to you, unbelievable. How you're eight and one and the way you've played on defense is insane. And with all the turnovers, he's fourth in turnovers in the league. With all the turnovers, turnovers mean opportunity to score. And the way your defense is played, giving up all the yards that they give up, there's two factors. The way Hurts is playing better and they're playing red zone uh, scoring defense. They haven't given up. They haven't given up points. Teams that they've played have struggled in the red zone against Philly. Now, is that coincidence? I don't think so when you're talking eight and one. I don't think anything is coincidence when you're eight and one. I, I just do not. I don't subscribe to coincidences when you're consistently doing it on a weekly basis. That's stupid talk. Okay? There's, there's no... The Eagles have no luck. That's nothing that, that there's nothing. There's no part of luck in football. You get hurt. It's what it is. It's a physical game. You throw a pick. They get paid too. Coach makes a bad play call. That's not luck. That's skill. Quarterback throws an interception. There's a tip. The other guy part of the game luck is something that you have when you win the lottery that's luck football getting hurt so what do you think it's unlucky got or got hurt two years in a row or has that become a trend now eh. or you missed 21 games of your career in six eh, it's a trend that's who he is he's often injured Say it. Brian Johnson also have to has to, to give the O-line a chance to get going. After two or so runs, he completely gets away from it. Um, how do you think they're doing on first and second down this year? 
You see, A.J. Brown just covers so much, man, because he's so good. A.J. Brown has covered the run, the run game a lot. He's covered the ineffectiveness and toughness of the run. I don't think you have physical backs, and I said it a couple of minutes ago, and I'll say it again. You're not as physical this year as you were a year ago. I don't feel it. You're more finesse this year, except, except with the receiver and what Brown's doing. Because then he gets you get physicality. The most physical offensive football player outside of your quarterback, there's two, Jalen and A.J. The rest of them, skilled, are not physical guys. I wouldn't put Kenneth Gainwell as a physical guy, and I wouldn't put DeAndre Swift as a physical guy. Hey, and there's not a chance that Swift has replaced Miles Sanders' numbers a year ago. That is by far not going to happen. You think DeAndre Swift's going to have nearly 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns this year rushing? No way. And then when you start telling me this, well, he may have that sales in total yards. That's finesse. That's not physicality. Jalen Hurts had 700 and what was it, 50 yards rushing a year ago? You think Hurts has 750 yards rushing this year? So if you have 750 yards rushing this year and Swift has around 700, well, you had 21 or 2,200 yards rushing last year with two guys. And you had 24 touchdowns. You think you're on pace for that? Do you do you believe that you're going to get 24 touchdowns between the quarterback and your backfield this year in touchdowns rushing? You guys always want me to bring up the rushing numbers. Well, let's do it. I'm trying to tell you they're becoming a tad bit more finesse than I want. Okay? And it's kind of affecting the run game here a little bit. You're covering it really well here. Last year's 8-1 and one versus this year's 8-1. and one. Would you say you're as physical as you were a year ago? Would you? Jalen has 316 so far. Who's that, Jalen? Or too many third and longs compared to last year? They're, they still get a good completion rate and completion percentage on third down. Thank you, Peter. Okay? Thank you. Okay. 354. Uh, okay, so 354 last year. And like I said, no, no, no. I didn't say. So you're going to get about, what, 700 yards this year from Hertz? Last year, he had 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns from um, Miles Sanders, correct? Let's just say Jalen had 750 last year. That's 2,000, and what do you have? 13 touchdowns rushing? That's 24 TDs and almost 2,100 yards. Do you think you're getting that out of your backfield and your quarterback this year? Do your homework. Do you? Morning, what's the rule 
on a lateral pass? Can you do a rugby-type pass to an open player? As long as it's behind you. Seven TDs now. Okay. So he get, he'll have 14. And how many, how many touchdowns does Swift have at the halfway mark? He's on pace for four. Correct? You think you're getting 2,100 yards out of your running back and your quarterback this year and rushing? Yes or no? Swift has three TDs. He's on pace for six. Last year, the guy you had had 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Completely underwhelming compared to what you didn't replace him. And you became more, in my opinion, finesse. Yeah, and tasty. And the majority of those came in two games. Two games. Sales, did you see that Swift got fined for trucking the defender in Washington game? No, I didn't. Players are being taken advantage of by the end. What did he get fined for? What did he? I didn't, I didn't see that. What did he get fined for? I did not see that. A lot of Sanders' yards were in mop-up. They weren't in mop-up. You guys were mopping them up in the first half. Mop-up? Mop-up is how you close teams out. Mop-up? Keep making excuses. You're not getting 2,100 yards rushing and 24 touchdowns from what you got in the backfield. Hurts is going to get his. He's going to be around 750. Okay? He's going to be around 700 yards, 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. You ain't getting nothing near that in the run game from any one of those guys. You watch. Swiss numbers will go. The rushing attack is going down. I mean, you're hanging around the C-note number for the last four weeks. That's a month. Peter goes, our backs won't get Sanders' numbers because vanilla Brian Johnson play calling. No, I think yet you don't have the talent and the physicality part in running the ball. I don't just don't think you're as physical. Petro goes like this. They're going to get 2,000 yards. Run. I asked you from two players. Two players. You think you're getting 2,100 yards? Really? Okay. I, I, not happening. Swift will not be a thousand yard rusher this year. Not a chance. Ab he, he was fine for unnecessary roughness. That I did not see. The NFL fine Eagles running back, DeAndre Swift, 98 57 for unnecessary roughness that occurred on Swift's truck over safety. Percy Butler toward the end of last week's win in Washington. You're going to have to, hey, I did not see that. <laughs> I, I did not see that, okay? Now, like I said, fact, two guys, not three guys, two guys.
You can't hear me. We'll see if DeAndre Swift has it. Not a chance. Not a chance because they won't give him the ball enough. Again, if they were giving the ball to him 25 times a game, sure. Sure. But see what's going to happen over these next six? You're going to be limited in possessions because you're taking on great quarterbacks. You're not going to have the same ability to have sustained drives because those teams are good too. It's going to be limited. So those numbers for, like like here, and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, we, we talked about Jalen. I completely think Jalen outplayed Dak Prescott massively on Sunday. And for whatever reason, still the national media is going about their business now. And, I, and, and I'm going to give you my, my take on the Cowboys and where they are at the halfway mark here in a minute because we're going to start doing that. But um, I, I just I, – Jalen – Jalen's taking full opportunity as he's going into the season and getting – He's prepared himself for these next six. And I'll say this one more time to you. He goes four and one over these next five ball games. He wins the most valuable player award. Chris says, Hertz isn't running the ball enough to get more than 600 yards. Well, you don't have this. The, the same numbers from a year ago in the physical part of the running attack a year ago will not be duplicated, duplicated this year. That kind of what makes it look a little different. Then at the end of the year, those two men, they were dominant. Sanders, for whatever we think of him. And do I think he's a one-year wonder? I do. But again, at the end of the day here, they still accounted for 2,100 yards rushing. I mean, 2,000 yards rushing, both of them. And 25 touchdowns. I mean, that's quite a bit of production, don't you think? How many people think that 2,000 yards and 25 touchdowns in a run game between two guys is a lot? <laughs> I mean, right? Don't be stupid and go, nah, we're going to cover it. You're not. The 2022 team, at the point of attack, was more, again, they were more physical. Hurts wasn't hurt as much. This year, they're asking him to throw, and he's hurt more. It's a, it's complete. As you get into these next five games, you're going to have to have some physicality here. Your your run game is not damn good. Look at the numbers. I know. Do you really believe? I'm not going to debate it. You're not going to get two thousand yards and twenty five touchdowns from two guys. From Hertz in a back. Hey, you look at the numbers. <laughs> okay, I did. You're not. All right. I went alphabetically here. Hey, let me do this to you guys. Sills, is the Philadelphia Eagles at the halfway mark, are they the best team in the National Football League? Right now, today, would you say the Eagles are the best team in the league?
at the halfway mark, are they the best team in the league? Yes. Last year, for sure. This year? Yes. Yes. Okay? It's you, Niners, Baltimore, like that. Okay? Halfway mark, it's remarkable. I think it's insane what you've accomplished. With many... Hey, would we not agree that this year's 8-1 and one team has far more questions moving forward than last year's team? Last year's team, we were all like this. Wow. What is going on? They're waxing people. This year, we're like, how are they doing it? Don't you see there's a different dynamic there this year compared to a year ago? Last year, I think we are probably a little more shocked and surprised. This year, the expectations probably dampen that a little bit too. For being fair here, there's more expectations. And so when you don't see something that looked like something like a year ago, and hey, you know what? You know what I'm doing? By the way, I'm comparing you to last year. I'm not comparing you to the league. You should thank me for that. I'm not comparing you to me comparing the Eagles to the Cowboys is a joke. Me comparing the Eagles to the Lions is a joke. Me comparing the Eagles to 2022 Eagles, now we're talking. That's the standard you set. Okay? It's your own internal standard we're talking here. So when some of you get a little bit bent, I'm not comparing you. And maybe I'm glad, you know what? I'm actually glad I'm, I'm not comparing you to other NFL teams. I'm comparing you right now to yourselves. So are the Eagles now your so I I I'm I'm not gonna waver off what I said Buffalo and Dallas yet. I'm not. I'm at the I'm at the halfway mark. I'm at the halfway mark. Okay. I'm at the halfway mark right now. So I'm I'm not changing that. I'm sticking to my guns. I still think the Eagles get to the NFC title game. Do they get to the Super Bowl? I'm still going to say no. Let me get into the league here. And again, Phillies won. Phillies won, okay? I put these teams down here, and I, I did some work last night on this, and I looked at all the teams as we're at the halfway mark of the NFL season. And as we go down this list here, this is my assessment of where some of these players are and some of these teams are right now. Arizona's at one and eight. In my opinion, that thing gets a D. I think Gannon has been okay. I don't think he's been awful. They get Kyler Murray back this week, but they don't have a lot of talent on that team. Their first half is nothing for me but a D. Atlanta, four and five. Robinson's not being used enough. Um, the quarterback situation, in my opinion, is still not good enough in Atlanta, and you've got to rectify that. I know that they were hoping that they were going to land Deshaun Watson or someone else, but Desmond Ritter, in my opinion, Arthur Blank made a mistake. They should have went after and got a quarterback either in the draft, traded up, did something, but he's not the guy, dude. 
But I do think at four and five, it's not awful. So it's like C hanging in there. Baltimore, seven and two, outstanding. Great wins against Detroit and Seattle. Todd Munkin has made a massive impact on Lamar Jackson. That thing's a B plus sitting at seven and two. They're playing great football. That's a frightening team. And you know what, too? They don't really have a lot of deficiencies on defense. Their secondary's playing lights out. And I got to say this to you. Kudos to Roquan Smith. Can you imagine Roquan Smith still being in Chicago with that shit show? Roquan Smith has solidified that defense. And I would say this to Howie Roseman. Why don't you go get Devin White in the offseason and solidify your defense? Because there's a reason that Baltimore now has one of the better units. It's because you went out and spent $100 million on arguably the second-best interior linebacker in Roquan Smith. He's helping stop the run. He's great in pass coverage. He's Fred Warner, man. You could go get Devin White down in Tampa, put him in the can you imagine can you imagine having this if you're Howie? You have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Devin White behind those two. Do you think anyone's ever running the ball on you for the next 10 years? Philly A1, Baltimore, 1B, tops in the league. I I I probably in there, LJ. Why wouldn't you spend that money? There's nobody in the draft you're going to draft that you are going to find a five-star LB like that in an MLB. Hey, no disrespect, dude. I'm sick of saying this about this guy, Nicobe Dean. Let's just say this. He'll never be an NFL middle linebacker or Mike linebacker. You know why? He just can't stay healthy. I can't even tell if he's good. And he can't stay on the field long enough for us to find out if he's good. I'm moving on from that. Because you know what you can't do? You can't coach injury, and you can't build defenses around injury-prone guys. You can't. Seals, is he good? I don't know. I can't wait around here. I got a quarterback I'm paying $50 million to. I just invested two first-round draft choices in my DTs. I got an edge rusher. I got to worry about whether or not I'm going to pay him $25 million or not. I got to replace Brandy Graham. I got to get two new corners, and I'm going to sit around and wait for a Mike linebacker whether or not I can find out if he's healthy or not. No, thank you. Dude, this is sense of urgency, not waiting around and seeing if a guy. Get this. This isn't the Brandon Graham story where a guy came on and kept coming on and kept coming on. This is a guy who's always hurt. Can't wait around, son. If you're in the tub, can't wait around. Go get Devin White. You could pay a guy. How old is Devin White, by the way? Is he 25? You could have a guy in that position for the next decade behind those two dudes that you've just invested in. How old is that guy? He's 25 years old, and he's the captain of a Super Bowl defense. And he's got a ring. I don't know, man. I might want to pay some money for that. Roquan's 26. Jesus, criminy. What's Fred Taylor, dude? 
I don't think there's any coincidence that those units are good and you got a great Mike linebacker. I, 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 Warner's got to be like 28 at least. It's got to be. Fro, I never thought of this. So Roquan Smith's 26 and Fred Warner's 26. And those guys are the Mike linebackers on the 49er defense and the Ravens defense. Tell me, wait a minute. If you don't think it's coincidence, okay, Warner was a third rounder. Holy cow, John Lynch. And he's a $20 million a year guy now. Dude, look at those two guys. You spend money on the mic? Hey, Howie, spend some money on a mic. Okay? Practice squad guys aren't going to cut it. Holy cow. Oh, man. Hey, how about this? Think about this too, Tone. Everyone, think about it. You put Devin White in the middle of your defense. Does that help your pass defense, you think? You're blitzing? Your run defense even more? Your sideline to sideline run defense too, setting the edge? Covering tight ends? Hey, George Kittle and the rest of them dudes aren't getting over on him. <laughs> problems in San Francisco, excuse me, Keon, the problems in San Francisco aren't defense. Problems in San Francisco are offense right now because they're hurt. Hey, and Cam, we'll find out how good you guys are too with the loss of Goddard here coming up and Kansas City. We'll find out. Every dominant defense in history had a stud LB. Who was the Mike linebacker on that 17 team? Couldn't, I, I forget. Who was the Mike linebacker on the Eagles 2017 championship football team who was in the middle of that defense who was who was that guy ain't no excuses excuses so wait a minute excuses okay we'll find out how good you are without lane johnson and aj brown it'll happen Dude, Nigel was good, man. Nigel was good. Jordan Hicks, those guys were good ball players, man. Those guys were good. I like those guys, man. Great scrape lane guys. They were good ball players, those dudes. Okay. Those guys were good, man. That's a that hey, Jordan Hicks, Kendricks, and Bradham, those guys, that's a good group. Those guys could all ball, man. Not over the top like Roquan and them guys, but that's a good group. How about this? That's a talented group. I'll tell you this. That 17 team compared to your linebacker group now with Christian Ellis and these guys that you have now compared to that group, no close. No, thank you. Okay. No, thank you. 
That 17 team, they were superior there at linebacker. That's pretty, that's a good group, dude. Huh, interesting. I don't think there's any coincidence that Roquan Smith goes to Baltimore and solidifies their defense. I don't. Uh, Buffalo, here's what I say about the Bills. This is my Super Bowl pick to play against the Cowboys. B minus, five and four. But I would say this to you, too, way too inconsistent, man. Five and four. Quarterbacks having a great year. Their defense is not looking good. Okay? They're just not looking good. We're great at developing linebackers, but then we don't resign them. Dirty... Dirty D, what linebackers have you developed that you've drafted? Can you name me one? Can you name me a linebacker that you drafted? When you say that, can you name me a linebacker that um, you, you drafted that you developed? We develop stud linebackers who end up on other teams. Like who? Who did you draft? What linebackers have you drafted? That's one of the biggest failures in how he's drafting has been backers and corners and truly edge rushers. UDFAs? Okay, fair enough. And free agents? Sure, that sounds right. But drafting? You don't have a very stellar record under Howie Roseman at linebacker and corner or edge rushers, or for that matter, receivers. So don't make it sound like that guy's been slammed again. Okay, I mean, welcome to the group of the NFL guys. Okay? Buffalo's got to be better, man. Maybe B- minus is too high. Probably C. I'm going to take that out of there. Do more C+. Plus. Because I think they've underachieved. That's too, that's too B anything is for the Bills is too high. Carolina, one and seven. That's a total F. Hey, and by the way, it looks like they missed on the holy grail at quarterback, doesn't it? They took the wrong guy. Look at look at the look at the difference here and and the fates of organizations. The Houston Texans chose the right holy grail and CJ Stroud, and Carolina chose the wrong. But what's the problem with Carolina? Look at the equity they gave up to move up to get them. Look at the draft choices that they lose because of that movement to get up and get Bryce Young. You're basically losing two ones when you do that. And that is the disaster of this whole conversation here and why that Carolina, if you're David Tepper, the owner, you're looking at this and going, shit, this is in that, Trey Lance kind of conversation. Okay? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Chicago's a shit show. Total shit show. Things in F, two and seven, going nowhere. Cincinnati, it's a funny grade here. What would you give Cincinnati? I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B for Joe Burrow. Because... Right now, they're one of the top three teams in the league, the way they're playing. I think the defense is coming around. Jesse Bates, they lost him in the offseason. I think they had to come around. Hey, guys, do me a favor. 
What what's the defensive coordinator's name? Anatello? What's his name? It escapes me. The uh, DC in Cincinnati. I think he does a really nice job, and I think it took them a little bit of time um, to overcome that Jesse Bates loss because he 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 was a good player. Yeah, yeah, lose a fantastic, lose a, lose a fantastic, fantastic defensive coordinator, and he's figuring that thing out. Cincinnati five and three. Get that. See, look, the record really doesn't dictate how good that team is because of situations of injury. No excuses, like you guys say and agreed. It's part of it. Okay. Um, that five and three record, they play more like a seven and two team right now to me. That looks that feels more seven and two. Cleveland, get this. I'm shocked they're five and three. But that five and three record, you know what it feels like to me? Three and five. Because of the inability of the offense. They're hanging there at five and three because my, hey, Miles Garrett played in Philly or Dallas or Chicago or New York or Los Angeles. You would be throwing his name around for the MVP, not just defensive player of the year. You'd be talking about him as an MVP. He has had a sensational season. Where is he in the sack list? Miles, Miles Garrett has nine and a half sacks at the halfway mark. This guy's on pace for 20 sacks on the number one defense in the NFL. I mean, he's on pace for 20 sacks. That's insane. How good he is. Dallas, here's what I say about your Cowboys. And the people that come in here from Dallas, and I know many of you watch the show, they're five and three. I'm sorry, man, but at the halfway point, here's my diagnosis for the Cowboys you can't beat contenders, you can't beat them. Name me a contender you beat. That could win the Super Bowl. Name me one. Actually, name me one contender that you've beaten in two years. Actually, name me one contender that you've beaten in the last 30 years that were Super Bowl contenders. You don't beat Super Bowl contenders. You beat the Jets and the Giants. Did you see that point, that point spread for this weekend? It's 16 and a half. That's something you see. When you see like Alabama playing Vanderbilt, okay, when you, that, that's when you see when you see point you don't see sixteen and a half point spreads in an NFL ball game. It just totally shows you the incompetence in New York. Watch New York make that game close. Dallas Cowboys, my assessment of you at the halfway midterms. You can't beat contenders yet. You can't be considered a contender if you can't beat them. The, the, get this. People would go, the well, still, you know, the Eagles really, yeah, but they beat Miami. They beat the Cowboys. They beat some of these teams that people consider contenders. And they win. I, I, I'm not going to disparage that. 
And I'm not just going to gloss over that so that people can justify the freaking Cowboys. Cowboy beats, they beat no contenders. This game coming up, Kansas City and Philly. This is a powerhouse game. Any one of those teams can win a Super Bowl, even if one of them loses. Even if one of them kind of gets beat by 10 or 11, they could still win it. Okay? You can't be contenders. And what, what makes it crazy is that Cowboy guy convinces himself he's a contender. You're not a contender. Funny thing is national media will call the, the Dolphins and Cowboys contenders as soon as the Eagles beat them. They're all of a sudden become pretenders. But you know what? You know what Philly does? Philly puts the realization into that they're pretenders. And I hold to that. You beat them. You have to get credit for that. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Chuck from Ireland. I appreciate it. That's really cool, man. Dude, you can't. Oh, so the Eagles beat the, they beat the Dolphins. By the way, the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. Okay? They're probably going to win the AFC East. Is it, it, it Denver? I don't know. Three and hey, Cowboys grade. What would I give the Cowboys for a midterm grade? I don't want to make it too. I don't want to make it too um, rewarding. Because what are you celebrating? You're five and three. You've got your shit pushed in by Arizona, San Francisco, and you got beat by your division opponent and the leader in the clubhouse at the halfway mark. Um, C plus, that's probably as generous as I do. B and A, you got to do something special and have them. What has the first half of the season? Show me something that Dallas has done that was special in the first half of the year. I'll tell you what the Eagles have done. They've righted the ship. They beat two contenders. Dallas can handle Hollywood. Can have Hollywood. I'll take the Super Bowl runs. Brotherly, absolutely. Your foot, your football team. They're a freak show. What what is Dallas? What has Dallas accomplished? In the first half, let's look, look. What have they accomplished? What have the Dallas Cowboys accomplished in the first half? Thank you. So, hey, 34, thank you. I appreciate it. That's a very kind compliment. We got a lot of talented people, though, but thank you. Jerry's TV ratings, <laughs> Mario, probably true. Okay, probably true. I, I I don't see it. Denver. I kind of think Sean Payne. I'm, I'm going to give him a C plus to Cowboys. That's as, that's as generous as I can be. Denver. 
I think they're kind of riding the ship here a little bit. They're three and five. I don't believe they're going to make a playoff run here, but they've kind of righted the ship a little bit here. I'm going to give them a C. I think they're riding the ship. They're kind of slowing down the bleeding here a little bit. Detroit. Um, they got a huge win against Kansas City. They got blown out by Baltimore. They're six and two. I'm going to give that team an A. I think they've had a really good first half of the season or midterm grade. They should get an A. Green Bay, three and five. Jordan Love's not the guy, man. That's a D plus. They're up and down. It doesn't look. I'll tell you this, man. This Houston team at four and four, this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to give them an A. D'Amico Ryans has done a brilliant job. He's coach of the year, man. He, I mean, Nick Casario, the general manager, I can't believe that they've turned the Houston Texans around. Way to go, man. That's a nice job in the first half. Who would have thought they'd be 500? Indy, four and five. Outstanding job by Shane Steichen. Quarterback goes down. Stupid shit with Jonathan Taylor at the beginning of the year. Has to deal with that pop pill and maniac, Jim Irsay. I mean, I got to give him a B, man. They've done a nice job, even though four and five. Doug, Trevor Lawrence is playing great ball. They're six and two. You got to go away here. Kansas City, Chiefs. Am, am I wrong when I say this? Am I wrong when I say this? Kansas City's a defensive football team now? I would give Texans a B. They are about two or three games on that schedule should be wins instead of losses. They could easily be six and two. I think they're figuring out who they are. I think they're figuring out they're good. Can I tell you who the Texans are now? The Texans are the Jags of two years ago under Urban Meyer. They just don't know they're good. And they are. Jags get an A. Doug, outstanding. Kansas City, A. Raiders, complete shit show. Front office is a disaster. Disaster. Okay? C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence twice a year will be amazing. Absolutely. Hey, get this. You know who I think the second best quarterback in the NFC East is? Sam Howell. I'll tell you what, every time that guy plays against Philly, he is. The Chargers, I mean, why Why when I look at the Chargers, I gave the Raiders a D. Who are you talk, taking? Who are you taking on defense coordinator, Jim, Sport, Jim Swartz or Spags? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I'll answer that in a minute. Let me write it down. DC. The Chargers, why do I look at a four and four record and feel like that that thing looks more like two and two and six or something? I don't feel that's a four and four team. 
I, I, I gave them a C plus, I guess. Rams, I'm, I was, I thought they'd be better. They're three and six. D. Miami, hey, I mean, dude, you're six and three. B plus, I guess. But you're one of those teams like the Cowboys. I mean, you got to beat a contender. You can't beat Buffalo and you can't beat Philly. Wake me up and knock on the door when you beat somebody that's important. You couldn't beat Kansas City last week in in London or uh, Frankfurt. Minnesota, B. That's a great job of coaching up there, man. They're five and four. I would, I pray to God Josh Dobbs gets it done. New England, F, awful. Two and seven. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they're the worst team in National Football League. Let me let, let that resonate. The Patriots are the worst team in the league. Wow. You got the winningest coach in the history of the National Football League with the worst team in the league. Seven, six, what is it? Five, six years ago, they won a, five years ago, they won a Super Bowl, right? I think five years ago, they won a Super Bowl. Am I right when I say that? New Orleans, C minus, underachieving at five and four. I thought they'd be further along. You got a shitty schedule. Where are you? The Giants, brutal. Two and seven. There's another awful organization. The Jets, I'm going to give the guy a B, man. They're four and four. I can't believe it. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Their season did not implode. Pittsburgh, five and three. How are they doing it? Oh, wait, let me get it right. Who's the coach? Mike Tomlin. I'm giving you a B minus. I have no idea how you're doing it. I have no idea how they win like that in Pittsburgh. 49ers. Hey, the honeymoon's over, Brock Purdy. You get a B, but your second half was going to define whether or not you may be the future or not the future of that organization. You've had a nice first half. Little bumpy end, the tail end, getting into that halftime number. You got to pick it up. Seattle, outstanding coaching, B+. Tampa Bay, three and five, Bills do. The Super Bowl bill is due. And Jason Light, the GM, is paying the bills now. That's why that thing's a shit show. I feel bad for Todd Bowles. Three and five. That thing's going nowhere. D plus. In Washington, white flag's been raised. What can you say about a team with a white flag? They're four and five. It's good coaching. It's keeping that thing afloat. But they waved a white flag. I think, you know, they've waved the white flag here. All right. Guys, don't forget, Tone, our friend, is going to be throughout the next couple hours here of the program. He's going to be throwing a code word out to you. Our good friends at Hooters, it is Happy Wingsgiving for the month of November. All you have to do is identify a code word. Send us your information. Show at gmail.com. You get a chance to win yourself some gift certificates, some merchandise. We'll name the name of the winners on Monday, a football Monday, and we'll start the process again on Tuesday. So you'll see that code word. Email us, show at gmail.com, and you may see your name as a winner on a football Monday. And that code word will be out there. That code word got me 
real good yesterday, Tone. So <laughs> I, 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 I totally dig that. By the way, Tone's going to join us at the bottom of the hour real quick here. Um, don't forget also, it is, like I said, Happy Wings giving for the month of November here. Great specials. The Iconic Hooter Girls want to thank you for all you've done by going into all the locations. Ice Cold Coors Light Drafts, $2.99, 25 cents of the purchases all go towards a local charity. The 2024 Hooter calendars are out. There's $100 in coupons that are in the calendars. You can get those at northeasthooters.com. That's northeasttutors.com. Lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11.30 to 3 p.m., boneless wings. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six items, six bucks. Try the fried pickles. You'll absolutely love them. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And when you roll in at any one of the facilities, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. G-L-E-S Eagles 
Sills. I look at the playoff race right now. Um, don't forget, Tone's going to join us, the segment here in a couple minutes. Jason Cole, our Pro Football Hall of Fame insider, he will join us, voter. Um, that'll be at 4.30. By the way, we're working on a book, believe it or not. Funny, Tone was talking to me prior to coming on the air about, you know, some of the exploits of Big Sills there, especially on the wrestling side. I've wrestled everywhere from Berlin to Tokyo. Let's see. Tokyo, Berlin, Vienna, Portugal, London, south of France. I lived in Europe. I, I, well, I haven't really said it that much, but I lived in Europe for about eight months. And <laughs> yeah, crazy experience. Grocery stores are not open on weekends in in Vienna, Austria. And table milk is on the table all the time. I'm like, what is that? And it, the milk is, when you want a glass of milk, it's on the table. Like ketchup. And I'm like, and when you ask for ice, can I have a Vasa, please? And they're like this. Uh, no Vasa. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's not ice cubes, dog. Three ice cubes is not. See, the people in Europe think you're getting jobbed if you get a. You know how you go to a McDonald's and they like to put a ton of ice in it? Okay. Then they give you like Coca-Cola. People in Europe only want like three or four pieces of ice in their Coke. And they think they're getting hosed. They are actually. He's right. I mean, they're right. It's like the box of cereal. You get that big box and you get that much cereal in it. See, Americans are duped. <laughs> we get duped like that, man. You know what I'm going to do? I'll do this here with Tone here. Let's let's bring him on here. It's time for the segment. I enjoy talking to our friend here each and every single day. Makes sense. How you doing, sir? So what do you think of that, man? Vienna, Tokyo. Um, Big Sills going global. I like Dude, it. I love it, man. I used to get on a train and go through the Vienna Alps. And we would stop at Bonn, Graz, all these places, and we would wrestle at these places. And it, hey, it was crazy. Then which country gives to- you? The, which country gives you the most? When you think back to all the countries you've been to, all the different cities that you've been to, you know, in your wrestling career, which one gives you the most? Which one gives you the funniest memories? The best memories? Vienna. How come? People were weird. And okay. I mean, in a good way, All right. they would ask you questions. And I was like, well, we were like the biggest dudes there. And um, you walked into these, these places, they would be very kind to you. What would you like to eat? Hey, here, Hey, do you, here, here's a beer guy handed me a beer once I'm at like a beer garden. I'm getting hammered. I didn't pay him anything. He's going here, take it. And I'm going like, I <laughs> hey, get this dude, the beer's under the ground and they don't have no carbonation in it. They got all their kegs and stuff under the ground. There's no carbonation in the beer. And it you get blitzed <laughs> on that beer there, man. It's crazy. Also, the Red Bull's different. You, hey, the greatest drink I've ever had in my life was in Vienna, Austria. It's called Red Bull and Red Vodka. Red Bull and Red Vodka. 
Okay. Man, I'll tell you this, dog. I've had, I've I, had Red Bull vodka before. I haven't had Red Vodka before. Red Bull Red Vodka. Unbelievable. Un- oh un- unbelievable here. <laughs> All right. I want to start. So I want to start what we started the show out with you. All right, let's do it. I think Carson Wentz belongs in the Philadelphia Eagle Hall of Fame. You know, it's so funny, man. I, I like when you when you pose that question. I've never given it much thought. And when you, when you when you laid out his numbers like that, you know, as as exciting as they were, and he's given us great times and gr- he's given us some great seasons. I mean, it's so hard to imagine them putting him in. Uh, when I put him in, I feel like he's a fringe guy. Like, I don't know. And, and, and here's the thing, right? We're not who talking did about- more. Who did more, Tone McNabb or him? I mean, Wentz technically didn't play in the Super Bowl. Uh, we've seen McNabb give us 11 and 12 and 13 win seasons before. So in the in the full length of his career, you got – I mean, you would naturally say McNabb gave you more because he had a longer career here, right? We're like, what, doesn't that make more sense? I mean, Foles – Yeah, no, no. Yeah, but, but here, was McNabb ever an MVP? No, but Wentz wasn't either. Yeah, he was. Burt Bell. If um, oh, okay, I mean, all right, yeah, I guess it it it, it is technically. I mean, he's a, so. I mean, he was. I mean, he was. He was someone's MVP. <laughs> okay, Pro Bowl. How about this? He had the greatest single season passing uh, year, number yeah, five did. passing year, number one touchdown. He owns. He owns records for the single season passing number. And do you think that Jalen Hurts is going to throw for thirty three touchdowns this year? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I, I, at this point, at this rate. I don't think so. I think he's projected for like 28 or something like that. Okay. 29. So um that would be the sixth. So. That would be the sixth best in earth and um once old's that too at 27. I guess I guess I look at it like this, right? You know, Terrell Owens, you know, is he going to Eagles Hall of Fame? He gave you a great season, you know. Full, I mean, um, once he gave you a, he gave you really a strong, he gave you a strong five years. But they all weren't strong. Like, okay, so for example. Uh, the rookie year, obviously, we don't really. That, that's a rookie year. I'm not. It's kind of four years if you think about it, Tone. How about this? Right. Was was 2000? Was 2018 strong? No, because he actually got hurt again, and Foles had to come in to save the day. So no. Was 2017 strong? If I had to rank his seasons, I would say 2017, 2019. Correct. 2019 is his second best season. He had 16. over. 16 was the rookie year. He had 16 touchdowns, like 15 or 14 interceptions. I mean, I mean, it's, I don't really count anyone's rookie year against them like that. 37-82, he had 16. He was fifth all-time yeah. in the history of the Eagles single season passing number. Yeah, yeah. You know, overall, I don't think he'll get in. Um, I mean, he he put them in position to win a Super Bowl in terms of the first seed, but we've had first we've had number one seeds before. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. It, no, no. And it, it, it's, it's not like he's provided anything we haven't necessarily This is a seen. preference here, Tone. This so, is no right or wrong here. This no, is a yeah, preference yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he'll get in, if I'm being honest. How about if, this? He's fourth all-time in passing yards in the history of the Eagles, which dates back to 1930. He's fourth in completions. He is fourth in TD passes. I mean, it's not like he didn't do anything in the building here. 
No, he did something. No, yeah. See, I'm not one of those fans that's going to pretend he came here and just did nothing. That's not what happened, right? Um, because I was a Carson Wentz guy and I defended him pretty, you know, pretty, pretty loudly. Um, it's just that he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the longevity for me. Um, you know, for me to put him in. That, that's really what it boils down. So he's to. kind of in the TO room with you. Yeah, literally. I mean, and I said this, and you know, I heard a little bit of what you said about him too, and I kind of expanded on it that he's going to get an opportunity to audition yeah. for a team. This is not a Rams deal because At of all. the money this, that is tied to this. Is a, this is a league deal. This everyone's yeah. listen. People probably aren't talking about it, but everyone's watching him over the next three weeks. How, how he deals as a backup and and starter is going to determine. If teams, multiple teams, mm-hmm. are going to give him an opportunity to make more money, stay in the league, okay? If Chase Daniels' tone could stay in the league for 17 years, Carson Wentz should be able to stay in the league for 17 years. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I can I can think of a few teams that may even consider bringing him in maybe as a bridge before they get to their drafting, you know, before they draft the quarterback, the right? Bucks. Um, the Bucks, Minnesota, New England. Um, Green Bay, you know what I mean? Chicago, uh, uh, Atlanta, you know? Um, so he's, he's definitely Tennessee. Uh, auditioning Tennessee, but it, it all depends what they do with Will Levis. Like how do they feel about him? So I think Will Levis' season, the rest of how his, how the rest of the season goes depends on if they even look at him, but would overall, you do this tone he's, he's auditioning the for the rest of the league. Would you do this tone with the Jets? Would you move off of Wilson sign Wentz? And have Wentz as your bridge after Rodgers leaves after next year. I was actually going to say that, but I'm not, I'm unsure how how long Aaron Rodgers is going to play because he the way he's talking, he plans on being here for at least three or four seasons. The way he's talking, so I don't really know. That's why I didn't mention them. But again, there are, there are at least four or five teams that are looking at Carson Wentz like, all right, let's see if you can be our two to three year bridge, and you know before we draft a guy or at least develop a guy. Let's go to some Eagle talk here. I brought up a fact that maybe to jumpstart the offense, start on offense here, maybe you go a little two back. I've you, been thinking you put about a little that. penny and you put a little swift back there because, you know, some of the people just, I mean, Tone, do you believe that you're going to get 2,000 yards and 25 touchdowns out of Swift and Hurts this year? I actually Like think you did with Sanders and Jalen last year. I actually think Jalen's going to have less rushing yards this year. I actually think that because of so then you um, didn't replace it, right? But right, but was that really the goal? You know, okay. But but that means you're not as physical and you're more finesse. That means you're throwing the finesse is throwing the ball. That's not a power game. Okay, right. I, last I year you were a power team, mm-hmm. and the twenty five round. See, to me, not so much the number in the two thousand, which is significant to me because you know what that is. Those are time of possession yards. When you have 2,000 rushing yards versus 2,000 passing yards, Tone, in that process of getting that 2,000 passing yards, you can have three and outs in there. When you have 2,000 rushing yards, you're going on you're going on sustained drives of 10-plus drives of plays, and you're keeping the ball away. 25 – am I right when I say this? Didn't Sanders have 11 touchdowns last year, and didn't Jalen have 13? So that's like 24 TDs, right? Am I right with that? So you uh, had 2,000 yes. rushing yards and 24 touchdowns. That's Correct. quite a bit of ground game that is not going to be replaced. 
Yeah. So yeah, you're right. 24, 24 touchdowns between Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Miles Sanders had 1269 in terms of yards, and Hurts had 760 on 165 uh, attempts. So Sanders had 259 attempts. You know, as of right now, as it stands on the 2023 season, uh, Jalen Hurts is on pace for. 596 rushing yards on the season. So 200 um, off. That's about 200 less, right? So you, although you may have sacrificed some of your running production, the reality is I think what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing now is what they wanted all along. Yeah, but you know, you're giving more opportunity for three and outs when you do that because if you're throwing the ball more, you're going to obviously – now, look, what's keeping it close and making it look close is one thing that he is doing exceptional. And you brought this up two days ago. He's cutting down on the turnovers and cutting down on the turnovers tone but still maintaining 68% completion percentage, which means like he's only not completing three of ten, which is great, Okay. That's great. That's how you keep the sticks moving is, is when you're doing that. Yeah. You know, Jalen, he averages about 33 pass attempts, attempts a game. That's about five. That's anticipated to be 576 on a season. You know, last year, last year, he, last year he had 435 in terms of attempts. Well, actually he had 460, 460 okay. on pass attempts. So, so he's, so he's technically going to be thrown if he's on, if he continues to keep shape. Uh, he's, he'll be throwing the ball 110 more times uh, this season. So again, right? You know, we if we're that's four if, games. If we're if we're judging if we're judging the Philadelphia Eagles and comparing them to the field, you know, last year the way they did offense was the anomaly, the balance and running the ball and um, really leaning on that run game and only passing the ball between four to five hundred times. Uh, in the season that they were the anomaly amongst some of those playoff teams, some of those top tier teams like the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs and uh, even the Cowboys. Right? The Cowboys ran um, past the ball more than the Philadelphia Eagles. So, again, I'm 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 trying to shift my perspective when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles now. Right. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to expand my scope and how I judge them in the passing game and in the run game. You know, even, although they have the talented, they have a talented offensive line. Um, their running back situation is pretty is pretty average in terms of production right now. Um, and would you th agree they're, they're not the physical? Ball more. I would never say the Eagles aren't physical. Um, no, because I said the backs. Oh, the backs. Oh, well, Kenny Gale is not he's not a physical back, and DeAndre Swift that's not his preference. So I don't think I don't think by nature none of them are physical running backs. I think, I think Jalen's a physical back. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I think their most physical running back actually is Boston Scott, but he doesn't get the touches. Um, but that's another you mean Boston Peterson, <laughs> Boston baked bean. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh uh, man. But again, I, I, I just think the Philadelphia Eagles are, um, are literally evolving on the fly and they're actually winning in the process. Not many teams are capable of doing that. So that's what we're seeing right now. If Jalen hurts continues to stay on trend with how he's passing the ball, being efficient, being accurate, um, moving the chain, so on and so forth. Um, I don't see why the Philadelphia Eagles can be one of those teams that pass the ball north of 550, almost 600 times a game and still have a physical run game. It just depends on the personnel. And I think that's the main issue. They don't have the personnel to be physical in the run game. That's that. That's where I'm at, too, with this. By the way, I'm looking at things to do 
in the second half to give different looks here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned the two running back situation. I think that'd be interesting because it'll give you it'll it'll create some confusion between linebackers. It'll give them something else to focus on, and um, it'll it, it could supplement the loss of Dallas Goddard. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll also increase the RPO situation. You'll know where that ball is going. You'll see a little bit more motion, um, things of that nature. It, it it'll it'll definitely create um, some creativity, um, some creative situations for uh, Jalen Hurts and the rest of the team. Kind of to go back a little bit of what I said also in the first hour. Um, you think there's any coincidence that Roquan Smith has solidified that Ravens defense and you got Fred Warner in San Francisco and you got kind of dime store guys sitting in the middle of your defense. Can you imagine having Devin White sitting behind um, Jalen Carter and behind uh, Jordan Davis, what that thing would look like? Don't you think, think that solidifies the entire defense? that if you put a guy like that in the middle, he's 25 years old, he could mm-hmm. play Mike Linebacker for you for the next 10 years. Listen, Sills, I've been wanting a linebacker for a long time. You know, they keep trying to convince us that uh, that linebackers have almost a no impact on the game, and I, I strongly disagree, man, because those guys, you know, these days, man, these tight ends are more talented, they're more athletic, and also in the, also in the, the league is passing more, you're expecting these linebackers to do a lot more you know, you know, than in the past. So they I got to be more Tampa two guys almost. Yeah, yeah. They had to be more versatile back there. And, you know, when you're constantly trying to patch up that position, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to find stability there. Now, although Nicholas Morrow has been the highest graded uh, linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's, it's, it's a pretty good grade. He's, he's graded in the 80 percentile, um, you know, amongst linebackers, which, which, which is good, all things considered, but they're not talented there. That's the reality. They're not talented there. It's always been patchwork over the past couple seasons. And I think – I, I, you know what's so crazy? I would much rather Harry Roseman go super cheap at safety and huh. and maybe and maybe spend money on one corner and then try to hope you hit with that second corner. More draft choices back there and pay the linebacker. And that's what I would do. That's what I would do. But, but see, Tone, that's what we talked about yesterday with the finances at corner. Mm-hmm. They don't give you that ability to do that because the amount of the cap that's involved in the in the, in the two corners, you're not getting – hey, as much as Slay, I heard you say that too, that losing Slay would be catastrophic. It would be even though he's probably playing C-plus ball right now and you look at the other guy who's playing D plus ball, and you're paying almost thirty million dollars with those two guys. You could have taken some of that money, drafted a rookie, the kid Gonzalez from where was he, Oregon? You yeah. draft that kid, put him back there on a rookie deal, take that money, get a linebacker, make the deal with Tampa, send up a third and a fourth for Devin White, pay the guy the money. To me, your defense is solidified for the next eight years. Yeah, you know, I definitely see, see the Eagles are funny, man. They 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 do not value the linebacker. They don't value the running back. They don't value the safety. And nor do and, they draft well there. And, and and nor do they draft well there. That's another thing. So I'm looking at it from this from this perspective. Even if you're not going to get a Devin White. Don't be afraid to spend at least ten million something. on something on the linebacker, man. You had to have someone there that can stabilize it and that can actually do the job. You know the Jets had that guy Mosley on the market in the offseason, man. 
He's a freaking good. You, you don't want to pay 20 million or 18 million down there for Devin White. That kid Mosley's a ball player with the Jets, dude. Yeah. And also, we've seen if the D line isn't getting home, everything else just looks really, really, really bad. And it's not often they don't get home, but when they don't, it can it, it can get tricky. So, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on your defensive line to get home every single game. And I feel like if you at least had, I'm not saying all your linebackers got to be big. Big, big money guys, but at least stabilize your defense with that middle linebacker. You're right. I mean, the the, the Niners found Fred Warner in the third round. Like, like, come on. The third round. The Eagles have been trying to draft linebackers in the third round. The third round, they can't hit. They can't find a guy. Now, that begs the question, who's evaluating the linebackers for the Philadelphia Eagles in the draft? I'm curious about that now because it's seen because we've drafted a linebacker in the third. Listen. Even though they may not spend the money, the Eagles have spent pretty quality high picks on a, a linebacker over the past few years. They spent Absolutely. the third round. They spent the third rounder on, on Davion Taylor, and they spent the third rounder on Nicole Dean. And right now, Davion Taylor's not even on the team anymore, and Nicole Dean is on IR. You dig what I'm saying? Meanwhile, yeah. got, meanwhile, uh, Fred Warner is drafted in the third round. Someone's not doing their job, or someone's not good at it. So, if you don't want to spend the money, at least be good at drafting them. And they're not even that. I mean, the corners, the safety position, and the linebacker position, they have not it, really wideouts. I mean, to me, the strength of the Eagles is clearly that they know what they're doing in the D-line and O-line. They which, know which, what they're which is doing. Great, at, which is great. Because not not, there are teams who aren't good at that. Phenomenal. So, so that's great. You know what I mean? But I, and they're good at tight ends. Yeah, they're good okay. at tight ends as well. Yep, good at, they're good at, really, yep, they're good but, at tight ends. But what are those positions? Those are all physical dominant positions that they have had a they've had a blueprint of what they're looking for. They're not and good I at skill positions. They're not good at the skill and positions. You know what else, Tone? I think maybe if you stay within a certain system, that eventually you're gonna find the guy because to them, the system is more important than the personnel. You get what I'm saying? You could change coaches, you could change players. But right now, the Eagles value what they're doing more than the players that are in that system. You feel me? Because you're not changing defense. it. Especially on defense. If you're not on the defensive line, you're completely interchangeable. That, 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 that's, how, that's how they look at it. And, you know, I will say this, though. One thing that still holds true, if you have a, if you have a good offensive line and you have a good defense, yep. if you had a good O-line and a good D-line, you're going to be in every game you play. So – I understand their philosophy, and it's not wrong. No, nope. but but I think they need to be a little bit more flexible in their philosophy. How about this? I said this, and I before I even was talking sports in Philly, um, I said that that 2017 team going into like the playoffs, I said they still have the best combination of O line and D line, and to me, that has been the significant thing the last two years for this 2022 and 23 team. That if you look at a collective group, San Francisco's hanging there. I'll tell you who else is starting to hang there now. Baltimore. They're starting to get in that group too, where mm -hmm. you're starting to see O-line, D-line combinations. And to me, there's no question that's where they are excellent at. But when it comes to, again, you just, like I said, you always follow the money. What's the weakest part – Look at what's happened. Again, what, what's crazy about this, and like I said, I sound like a dick here. They're 8-1, and one, okay? But they're cheap in the offensive running game, which is not going to be comparable to a year ago when it comes to the production out of the backs 
Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the production at the linebacker. You think you got a linebacker on that team is going to get 160 tackles this year? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Do you hell think no. you're going to have a linebacker that's going to get 110 tackles this year? That was your that was your sandbacker in uh because you're white. The linebacker that's going to have the most uh tackles on the Philadelphia Eagles will likely be Zach Cunningham because he's had the most consistent reps. Um, let me double check this to make sure. Let me see what he's on pace on because I'm curious now. Um, I, I really like what Zach Cunningham's been doing. He leads the linebackers in tackles right now. Uh Reed Blankenship leads the team in tackles with 55. Zach Cunningham has 54 tackles. So right now, Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham is on pace for a total of 102 tackles. So, so he won't even cover Kaiser White. Won't even cover Kaiser White. And you're going to be almost 70 tackles shy of what TJ did. Yeah, TJ had like what, like 169. 169. Damn. What do you think about that? That's insane. He also didn't miss a game. So <laughs> that's another thing as well. So think about yeah, that. He man. almost had I'm, 10 tackles a game. I just, I, I would just, I just want them to change their philosophy with that linebacker position, man. Again, I'm not saying you got to break the bank, but you could have, you could have had TJ Edwards here for six million dollars. Come on, man, really? Right. Instead are of we, spending twenty or eighteen, you could have had a guy for seven. Are we penny pinching like that? Like sure it's not, seems it. it's, 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 it's not that bad for us. Come on, like the, like the cap is clay. You, you, you can, you can maneuver that. You could have brought, you could have had him here, but then again, the word, I, the word I heard. Is they didn't even make him an offer. I know they didn't. They didn't. All right. Here's another one for you. Where's Nolan Smith, dude? That's a very good question. Um, I, I'm having a hard time understanding why it's been hard for uh Sean decided to get him on the field. Now it's not like he's not getting any snaps, but is he's not, he he's, hurt? No, no, he's not he's not been on any injury report all season. He's also a non-factor. Yeah, he's only had one flash play, and that's where he had the sack on Tua. Um, but he came off the line pretty much untouched and, you know, he got the sack there. That was, that was his biggest play of the year. Came in a big spot, but, um, still the bottom line is Nolan really hasn't, really hasn't been a presence. Now that I'm looking at this depth chart right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm, I'm curious to know why he's not, why he's not getting snaps ahead of, uh, a Derek Barnett, um, why he's not getting, um, snaps, um, ahead of, let me see here. Uh, so obviously he's not going to be ahead of. Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. He's Hassan's backup. But why is Derek? I, I don't get why Derek Barnett's even getting snaps at all. I would much rather have Nolan Smith out there. Even even when even when Hassan Reddick was hurt with the cast on his hand, I didn't see him really that much. Right, right. It's a fact. So as a matter of fact, let's, let's look at Nolan. Let's look at Nolan. You think Smith's they're having a count. tough time trying to figure out how to play him? That's interesting. You know, they haven't really. Over the past couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, the 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 defensive play calling has been kind of basic. What you say? I mean, I f- I, f- I feel like should decide has gotten way more conservative over over the past couple of weeks, and I haven't really been seeing too much creativity over the past couple of weeks. Let's look at his snap counts though. Right now on the season, uh, Noah Smith, uh, he has wow wow, on like through nine games, he only has fifty six total snaps. Wow, for the for the for a first rounder. Yeah, for a first rounder, man. I'm not sure what I'm not now. He's on special teams a lot, but I'm not understanding why he's not getting any snaps at all. So was he the 30th pick? 30 for 31st no, pick? No, he, I think you're right. He was 30th because one of those teams lost their draft pick. Was the Dolphins? Dolphins. So yeah, he was the 30th overall pick. So the 30th pick that, in so. the NFL draft is a non-factor on your team. And he it's not as the fact right now, that yeah. he's a backup quarterback. He's just he's a non-factor. 
he's just not on the field. I wonder. I, I wonder if it's the scheme doesn't fit. I wonder if it's. I don't think they would draft him though, if that was the case, right? Because I mean, I, you know, I, I agree. I think. I think they looked at him and said he probably fits our scheme here. So, okay, is it the fact that they're afraid to put him in coverage? Are they? Do they think he's not a very good cover guy? Do they think he's limited? And I mean, it's really weird. It, he's. It's almost like he's a his healthy motor, scratch every game. His motor is so high. I don't get why he wouldn't be on the field. I mean, why I would like, you blitz him? Yeah, I feel like you would get way more. I feel like you'll get more out of him than you would Derek Barnett any day of the week. So I'm having a hard time understanding the pecking order right now. Um, with the, with the rotations. I mean. Obviously, there are there are moments when Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat come up the field. So does that mean our we know BG is going to be on the field, but Derek Barnett, Nolan Smith, I much rather take my chances with the young guy. I mean, Derek Barnett, you're not dropping him back in coverage. So who's I'm not you're you you, 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 you peg a good player. question. Say that one was it on. coaching or player. We haven't we don't have enough snaps to say it's the player. Yeah, so I so I gotta say coaching. Me too. I gotta say, coaching. This is coaching. It'd be different you know, if he's if on the he, field if this and he guy wasn't was playing thirty-five percent of the snaps, and we didn't see any production. That's different. That'd be one thing. But when you're seeing limited snaps, to me, it's getting him on the field and putting him in a position to succeed. It's almost like they can't figure it out. Yeah, I would love to see him more in the second half um, of the season after the bye. I think this is so. I think this bye week is so crucial for the Philadelphia Eagles. And you brought up the fact that it's probably the it's probably the most it's probably the best. Or most strategically placed by out of all the NFL teams. Unbelievable. Um, I think it's going to be real important for Sean Decide to really reevaluate his personnel and can, how can he maximize utilizing each guy to their skill set. And I would love to get Nolan Smith going as you know as as a fifth blitzer. You know, as, you know as a fifth guy. Funny you should say that. Figuring out his personnel because here's my next suggestion. I would love to see Sean Desai experiment more with Jalen Carter and moving him up and down the line of scrimmage. Mm, uh, tilting they, him they, they, they do that nose, with BG a lot. Tilting him as a nose, putting him in a five technique, put him in a three, move him around. Let's put him on mismatches on like the offensive guard, the tackles, mm. the guys who are the not the, the greatest players in there or maybe backups. And to me, I could even go to a bear front and put Milton on the other side, but move him. I would like to see them move him around. And here's why he's a great pass rusher. He could play a three and a one. If you could play a three and a one, you could play a seven and a five because of his quickness. I think he could set the edge because, and he's a big dude, but his quickness. He's fast, man. He's, he's fast. fast as hell in that first step. In my opinion, I would like to put him. And again, Line him up in different positions like they did Reggie White. Put him on mismatches. And to me, watch this. Put him on the put him on the worst guard. Put him on the worst tackle. Mm -hmm. He'll win every battle. I play matchups. So I'd like time. to see them move him around a little more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I think the Eagles could do a better job on defense playing matchups. You know what I mean? Um, That's right. They're so they're so married to the scheme that they don't want to move guys. But if you notice in that Cowboys game, for example, Darius Slay, when it was crunch time, I showed the side, the side, said, all right, Slay, you're, you're on CD land for this drive. You know what I mean? And Cowboys move Micah around like that. And, yeah. And they made it work. So I, again, they go, this goes back to what I said prior. I think Sean the has to really sit back and say, okay, what can I do different? What haven't I done yet? 
right? What haven't I done? We, I know what I've done. I know what I know what's worked. I know what hasn't worked. What haven't I done yet with these guys? Can I move this guy over here? Because he's shown even in the off season, right? It, well, he's shown with the DBs. Yeah, he had those guys playing all different kinds. Bradbury of, went to the slot in the off yeah, season. Yeah, so he's he, you've seen the creativity there, but on the D line, it's almost like he just wants to leave guys where they are. And I understand not wanting to move Reddick and Sweat off the edge. I understand the mindset. That's where they're at their best. Um, but, but I, I think would, it's about mismatches, Tone. Like yeah. Fact Checker said, why aren't you moving Reddick around more and having well, him I don't want, even – Well, I don't want Reddick inside at all. No, um, no, no. I'm talking right side, left side. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I definitely think that he I think it's what you tools. said. They're married to their system. Yeah, they're married. They're married to it, especially on the defensive line, especially. Um, I th- and also, I think with the DBs, they 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 got creative because maybe they looked at it like you know those guys are old. We, we might have some injuries. You know, let's make sure let's make sure we can cover our bases on the D line. They got to get more creative with how they you know how they deploy those guys because I think what's happening now, you know, I think the Philadelphia Eagles their talent has been has been getting them over the hump in terms of getting getting to the quarterback. But I also think other teams kind of know who's going to be where. And I think that's why we, that's why the sack numbers aren't as high as they normally would be. Defense offenses are preparing. Okay, we know he's going to be here. We know he's going to be here. All we have to do is find a way to beat him. Um, whereas though, you know, like you said, the Cowboys, they're moving Michael all up and down at the line. I, I, I don't think Gannon knew his personnel either last year very well, but I think this guy's got a better handle on it. Yeah, I, he just has to do it. He just yeah. has to do it. I, I think what, what holds him back is he's afraid of the secondary tone to mess around with the front seven. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the one part that's kind of stabilized. Now, the one thing I'll say is I'm for you, your 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 secondary is not going to get better. No. But you know how you can help them? More pressure. Okay. More pressure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What does that create? Less developing routes, which helps you keep everything to what you did a year ago underneath. What's happening, Tone, is now because the less volume of pressure you're getting, the passes are getting more developed and they're more down the field. I don't really think they're playing anything different than what they did except for this. The routes are developing more. If you watch the games, go back, and I do. You see the plays developing more plus 15, plus 13. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were around seven and eight, and they were underneath, and everything was underneath, and they kept it underneath. There was very few plus 25 plays. This year, 
because you're not getting it. Like the Washington game, you got home once. Critical sack, Reddick, but still, you got Honestly, that's Honestly, that's unacceptable to get home one time. And I understand that Biennemi had a tremendous game plan, getting the ball out of his hands fast. But for, you know, for, for your DBs to not be able to hold up, for you know, for two seconds or three seconds is is, is kind of sad. You know, I think I think the one thing that can improve with the DBs, only thing because from a talent perspective, they're not going to get better. They are who they are. But what you can hope to improve is the communication, and yeah. that's what and that's what the scheme is predicated on: communication and knowing and making sure you're in the right spot. Because if you're not, you know, we're going to have some issues. And on top of that, if you're not communicating properly, then because you know those guys in that defense, they're passing guys off. You know what I mean? They're not really guarding a one-on-man to man. They're literally passing guys off and you know all that kind of stuff. So if 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 no, it doesn't matter how talented you are, if you're not communicating properly and you're not and guys don't know if you're passing a guy off to them, then people are going to be wide open all the time. And it doesn't help if you if it doesn't even it, doesn't, it makes it even worse if your defensive line can't get home. Who are you more concerned about with Mahomes coming out of the bye, Bradbury or Slay? Bradbury. It's, it's not even a conversation. Um, I'm 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 concerned with Bradbury for the remainder of the season because I'm I'm having a hard time understanding why he looks so uncomfortable. He, he he I've seen his I've seen the back of his jersey entirely way too much throughout the season. It just always seems like he's a step too late. Seems like he, it seems it seemed like he's his, his his body control was lacking. He just seems like he has the yips, like 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 he like, like he's like he almost forgot how to be what he was last year, and the scheme again, it's not it's not that much different. It's not like they're asking him to play man to man all the time. You know, you're pretty much playing. You know, pretty much being a center fielder. You're you know you're playing you're playing the field. You're backing up. You it's all about it's all about positioning really, and to me it just looks like you know Bradbury just doesn't look comfortable right now. He looks like he's second guessing himself. Um, I don't like his body language. So I think I, I think I think he needs this by more than Slay does, just in terms of the mental perspective. I think he needs to get away from football. Devontae Smith has My had man. what his first season, his first half of the season has been what? Solid. Solid. Not not stellar, but solid because I mean he had that one hiccup game against the Jets. A lot of a lot of people hold that game against him for some reason. And I'm like, he, okay, he gave you one bad game in two in in three seasons. Relax, you know what I mean. So I'm not. Um, a, I, I'm looking at eight. I'm looking at nine games. I don't look at it like that. I mean, you exactly. can Mike. You could pick. You could pick Jalen Hurts apart on two games. Exactly. But so, you got to put it over nine. You're at the halfway point. That's how I build trends, Tone. It's not awful. Like the Jet. Watch this. That Jet game means dick to me now. Do you know yeah. that? I don't it was care. Bad. It, was bad for, it was bad for everybody. Like, I don't you know? care. You know yeah. what that game was like? That was like the Colts game a year ago to the Chiefs. You think that game mattered to the Chiefs a year ago? Absolutely not. When you're That's evaluating really the Chiefs, did you go, hey, they won the Super Bowl, and he threw for 5,400 yards, but he lost to the Colts. Who cares? No, no one cares about that. That's it's, what it's, I look at with football. that Jets game. I go like this. I don't. He had three picks. Okay, well, welcome to the NFL. They get paid, too. Right. I'm like, hey. and also that Jets defense has made a lot of quarterbacks look average. So yes. I, I, I can't, I can't even deny that. But as far as Devontae Smith, um, I've been okay with his first half of the season. Okay with it. It's it's solid. He hasn't been a liability. Um, he's he's made the most of his opportunities. Um, he's gotten touchdowns. He has four touchdowns through 
uh, nine games. Uh, AJ has six through nine games. Uh, AJ, AJ obviously has a thousand yards right now. Smith has five thirty-three. Wow. Um, that's quite a different disparity, it, man. That's over it five. So over five hundred yards off the pace of AJ. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the I, I think I think what stands out the most is uh, the difference in average catches. per catch. Uh, AJ Brown is averaging about fifteen yards per catch. Actually, you want to know? I see it here now. You want to know what the main difference is between AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and why you're not, and why the yardage seems so disparate. It's the yak. It's the yak. I'm kidding. Go ahead. What? (laughs) (laughs) That too. But um, it's the yak. Let me give you this number right here. AJ Brown has 316 yards after the catch. Devontae Smith only has 126. Wow. So you're telling me at the halfway mark that A.J. Brown um, could have almost 700 yards in after-the-catch yards on his total. That is insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I can actually tell you what he's on pace for right now. Give me one second because – okay, so that's – Like he has, 680? He has, he has 316 uh, yards in yak right now. Let's divide that by nine games, multiply that by 17 games. He's on pace for 597 yak yards That's on the season. 600 more yards after he catches it. After, after, after he catches it. So you got to figure, get this. So what's his yards per catch? 15? 15, exactly. Okay. So 50. <laughs> dude, now put that what he's averaging. So put 600 into the average of 17 because he's going to play 17 probably. Okay. And that's 600. Tell, and that tells you what he's averaging after to the catch is 15. And then after the catch, it, it, it's got to be another what, 10? Let me see. That's a good question. Let me see something. That's incredible. So every time he catches. Okay, so he, he averages. He averages. Let me see. 316 divided by. Let me, let me divide it by the receptions. 596 divided by. So okay, through okay, that's right. Nine, the receptions. Yeah. So through nine games, he has three hundred sixteen total yak. So three sixteen divided by sixty-seven receptions. Um, he's he's averaging about five yards per reception after the catch. So he's averaging twenty yards a play. <laughs> that sounds crazy when you think about it. Um, but Devontae Smith, it's it's the yak yards. You know what I mean? Um. Tom, wait, matter, don't as don't as gloss over that. AJ averaging twenty yards a play. That's insane. That's insane. I I there can't be a guy in the league doing that. Now, here again. Remember, I told you the, the difference, right? Last season, AJ Brown had. Now I told you he was on pace for five. He was on. He was on pace for almost five hundred and seventy yak yards, right? Or was it five? Was it five? No, six hundred. Oh uh, yeah, six hundred. He's on pace for almost six hundred yak yards, right? AJ. Last year he had five hundred and forty-eight yak yards on the season. Devontae Smith last season had four hundred and seventy-six yak yards. That's the difference in Devontae Smith's production, not the not the opportunities. He's not getting. He's not. He's not. He's he hasn't been put in situations where he's been getting enough yards after the catch. He only had. He has, he has, he had, there's only a, a, what is that? 
60, 30. There's only about a 90-yard, 80-yard difference between yards after the catch last season between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. If Devontae Smith can do more after the catch, his numbers will look way better this season. That's the difference. It's not the opportunities because last it is, year – It is 15. It is 15, but think about that tone. Well, you know what? The opportunities are disparate as well. Like, there, there is there is a difference in opportunities. Let's, let's not lie. There is a difference in opportunities because last year, A.J. Brown had 145 targets. Devontae Smith had 136. Only, yeah, you only guys are right. You guys are right yeah. in the chat. You guys, I'm, I'm saying this though. So if he catches two footballs in a series, he's got 30 yards. Say that one more time. He catches two footballs in a series, like a drive. Yeah. He's got 30 yards in the first two plays. If you throw the ball to him twice. Pretty much. Hey, man. You, much. Hey, no wonder you go like this. You got Hank Aaron out there, dude. Swing away. Yeah, oh. so like so yeah, so so again, like I, I look at Devontae Smith and it's like he has he he isn't getting the same opportunities as he got last season. Again, AJ Brown had 145 targets last year. You Devontae think had 136. Fine? I think I I think it's the yak on top of that that makes it look way worse. See, I don't think it's ability or oh no, 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 it's not ability though. Like it, I never a, question it, his ability. It, it, it's just he's not AJ's getting... hot. How can you, AJ? Just no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not He's wrong. Hot. You're not He's wrong so... on that. But again, we talk about two things that are different from a year ago: the balance of targets are different, mm -hmm. and the production in the run game's different. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you think that leads to how this thing is looking different from 22? Is like what you were talking about here. I mean, it's just Devonte Smith. And the running backs are not as productive as a year ago. Yeah, that's just the fact at the moment. That's the fact. The fact of the matter is, Devontae, but say your famous line: eight and one, eight and one, <laughs> eight and one. And look, also look uh, again, Devontae. This is that's why you know I was talking to Rob Ellis on Sports Take earlier. You know, we did a segment and we talked about who who are our breakout players for the second half of the season. My guy was Devontae Smith because this is a big and, and, and it's, it's not saying that he didn't have a good first half. It's saying that his opportunities are going to jump exponentially because Dallas Goddard is out. And that's what happened last year. So you see, that that part doesn't get talked about enough. Last it year when Dallas Goddard pick, got hurt. It did pick up when he got hurt. It did. It did. It did. As a matter of fact, we can we, we can actually kind of go it forward a little bit. It actually did pick up. Yeah. In 2022. Listen to this hey, right hey, before Tom, I get out of here. Crazy. Is it as crazy to say we could almost go like this? Shit, there's just too many targets to go to, man. With any <laughs> one less guy. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen to this, right? So, all right. After Dallas Goddard got hurt, because he got hurt in that Washington game. Devontae Smith in the Colts game, nine targets. Green Bay, nine targets. Tennessee, eight targets. Giants, eight targets. Chicago, eight targets. Dallas, 12 targets. New Orleans, 13 targets. Yeah. New York Giants, eight targets, right? They went up. They went up. And now let me now let me read the targets to you prior to Dallas got to get hurt. Week one, Detroit, four targets. Week two, Minnesota, seven targets. Week three, Washington, 12 targets. That was um, a big Jack game. He had over 100 in that yep, game. Yep, we have 169. Yep. Uh, week four, Jacksonville, four targets. Arizona, eleven targets. He had he he had ten receptions, eleven targets. So he was he was a big piece of that matchup. The the, the Cowboys game in week six, 
five targets. Pittsburgh, eight targets. Houston Texans, two targets. So his targets became more consistent after Dallas Goddard got hurt. If you notice, there's always the, the high, low, high, low prior to – because you can, that tells me they're picking they're picking and choosing who they want to feed that day. Well, but Brian after Dallas Goddard got hurt, know. his targets became way more consistent. Uh, after Dallas Goddard, the lowest amount of targets he's had is eight targets. Other than that, he's had eight or more after Dallas Goddard got hurt. Is Brian Johnson going to want to target Devontae more or Swift more? That's a hell of a question. Okay, now that Goddard is out because, like you said last year, the one thing that Sanders didn't have the ability to do that Swift has, that's to be involved in the pass game. Correct. And so now, are you going to split those targets up between Swift and Devontae to try to cover Goddard up? So – who do, who do they try to establish more? Now, to me, get this. You know why I think it's Swift? What's the easy answer? Because they're low percentage passes. Because you know why? They're going to be hitch passes, mm-hmm. quick passes, and screens. That's low percentage turnover. Instead of going down the field on an out or a seam, they're going to go. I think Swift's numbers go up and not Devontae's numbers go up. I, I've been thinking about this ever since Goddard got hurt. and. I don't think I don't think you're wrong in that thought process because I immediately thought after guy that got hurt, I expect Swift's targets to increase. I would love for them to get Devontae going in some crossing routes because he's so like he's he's faster than what he looks. Devontae doesn't get enough credit for his speed. He's long, he's rangy, he has a wide catch radius. Once Devontae gets going, he's a he, he he's a he's a he's a hard guy to catch. Because because of that, because of that stride, I would love to see Devontae use more and some crossing routes. They, you know, if you notice, they run a lot of um comeback routes with Devontae, a lot of out routes. I think um, he plays a lot like Keenan Allen. He's actually, it's funny you say that. Um, he had an interview um with uh Shannon Sharp prior to being drafted uh to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um he was he was one of Shannon Sharp's first guests um on his on his podcast. And Devontae said he models his, out of all the receivers he's watched throughout his career. He's modeled his game the closest to Keenan Allen. Huh. That, that that's this is that's exactly what he said, you know, out of his mouth. So, um, Keenan Allen is somebody that he looks up to in terms of just pure route running ability, just the rank being a rangy guy. Um, I I I do agree. I do agree. Swift's targets are going to go up, but I think Devontae's will stabilize and go up as well. I'm I, I'm going to try to get Wes Chandler on again. He's a dear friend of mine, and he coached Keenan, and I wonder what he sees because he played. Um, uh, West played at Florida and he was the wide receiver coach in Cal when Keenan Allen was there and he, he recruited him and coached him and West, uh, I'm not sure you know who West Chandler is, but West Chandler's got 10,000 plus receiving yards and he played without Joyner and Kellen Winslow and all those guys, Dan air Coriel. And it was one of the greatest passing offenses, John Jefferson and all them guys. They were just insane. I mean, tone. There were four receivers that had a thousand yards one year. I mean, how about that? I mean, the tight end and the three wideouts, and the running back had twelve hundred yards and Chuck Muncie. I mean, that it it was called Air Coriel for a reason. Air Coriel, (laughs) and he he. I mean, what you see in the offenses today is um, because of what Coriel just went in the Hall of Fame last year too. By the way, or two years ago. He went into the Hall of Fame. Hey, a couple last ones here. Let me throw this yeah. at you. Yep. 
I was going to do this myself, but I'll do it with you here. Um, AFC, as of right now at the midterms, you got the Chiefs one in the West. I got the Ravens one in the North, very contested North. I got the, believe it or not, the Dolphins winning the East. I got the Jags winning the South. I got the Bengals in a wild card. I got the Browns in a wild card. And I got the Bills in the last wild card. Hmm. Okay. Would you put anybody else in there? Would you put the Chargers? um, Hmm. Anybody else from the AFC in that conversation in there? So I'm not putting the charges in any conversation. If I'm being honest, um, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't trust them in any in any capacity. Uh, they're so up and down. But the Steelers. Week. I was talking to Rob about this. I was saying it's entirely possible the entire AFC North makes the playoffs. Has that yeah, ever been no, done? I, yeah. Has that ever been done? An entire division. I don't makes the playoffs? think so. I don't think an entire division is ever. I don't believe so. Now, the, my only concern about the Steelers is can they sustain? The upcoming on their schedule, it's it's it, it's tricky, but it's not. They got the they got they got Green Bay. They can beat them, and then they got the Browns, Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens on the road. Those final those final two games of the season are on the road. Schedule uh, could see, play a huge factor here. It's, it's going to play. See the, the AFC. I think the AFC North is the most entertaining division to watch right now because. If you look at each individual team schedule, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, any of them can slip up. Any of them can slip up. I don't think the Ravens, the the Ravens look like the powerhouse of the AFC right now. They look like that. But if you really think about the Ravens schedule, nothing is guaranteed for them. Listen to this, right? They got the Browns. They got Browns at home, Bengals at home. Then they got to go to the West Coast and face the Chargers, even though I don't like the Chargers. They can beat them. They can beat them. You know what I mean? Um, And then you. And then you got the Rams, who who, who make uh, who who knows who's going to be quarterbacking at that time. It could be Stafford, could be once we never know. But like I said, you got Browns, Bengals, Chargers on the road, Rams at home, Jaguars on the road. Jags can beat them. Yep. Oh yes. They got 49ers on the road. If the 49ers right the ship, they can wow, beat what them. What a tough schedule. And then they got Miami at home. Then Steelers at home. The Steelers always scare them. So. Let's be honest about this. Other than that, uh, other than that Rams matchup, they can lose any one of those games. Any, any injuries could put that team out of the playoffs. Actually, exactly. You know the Eagles. The Eagles' five game stretch gets talked about as one of the hardest stretches in the league. If you look at the if you look at the final leg of the season for the Ravens, I don't think there's nothing guaranteed on that schedule. There's I'll, not. You know, outside of the Rams game. Let me go to the NFC over here now. But wait, wait. Um, what about the Texans? The Texans, I like the Texans, man. Listen, I want the Texans in the playoffs so bad. Right now, right now, you they're think a nice... they could knock the Bills out of that spot, that number seven spot. Yes, you want to know why? The Texans they got ske- a shitty schedule. The schedule. Listen to this, right? For the Texans coming up here, they got okay. So they're on the road against the Bengals, right? But they got car- so on the road against the Bengals, home against the Cardinals, home when- against the Jags, home against the Broncos, on the road against the Jets, on the road against the Titans, home against the Browns. Home against Titans on the road against the Colts. Well, you're in that north, dude. You're gonna play a tough game every other week, you know, no matter what. Exactly, right? So that's the Texans. And then the Buffalo Bills, their upcoming schedule. 
They got Broncos, who, in my opinion, at this they stabilized at this, at this rate. I think the I think the I think the Bills can lose to the Broncos at this. Hey, you know, they've, to, sta- like they've stabilized that thing in Denver. They have. Um, so they got Broncos and then they got Jets who have a tough defense, but I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to do anything for them. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and then you have and, – and then you're on the road against the Eagles. You're on the road against the Chiefs. Then you're home against the Cowboys. Then you're on the road against the Chargers. And then you got Patriots, and then you're on the road against the Dolphins. That's a, that, this, 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 can, this can get tricky for the Bills, especially because of all the injuries they've dealt with and – I'm not saying they're completely out of the water, I'm out of the woods, but the reality is I think the Texans, they can they can bump them. They can bump them. Like I think the AFC is the most entertaining conference right now because you have no idea how that thing's gonna play out. Absolutely all the way not. all the way up to the number one seed. Like really, really? like the, the Ravens have they don't have pole position. Look at and it's it's gonna be so entertaining to watch. Look at the quarterbacks, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen. This is just the teams I have. Those are all $45 million quarterbacks. Yo, I and, mean, they, and listen, CJ Stroud is coming. He's oh, coming, no, man. man. He, He's me, coming, man. Let me get to the NFC over here. Yep, let's do it. I have the Eagles obviously winning the NFC East. The Lions winning the NFC North. Right. I got the 49ers winning the NFC West. The Saints, by default, are going to win the NFC South. <laughs> then here are the wild card teams. Cowboys 5, Seahawks 6, Vikings 7. That's interesting. Here's the thing, right? Do you think, because Vikings are only 5 and 4, Commanders are 4 and 5, Falcons are 4 and 5, Tampa Bay is 3 and 5, right? I think, think the Vikings are better than any of those teams, and they get Jefferson back. That's a good point. And then Dobbs, you know, we have to see how he plays over the stretch of a season. Um, but you know, he's—I mean, he has—he's going to have better weapons in Minnesota than he did in Arizona, so that's a fact. Um, better coaching. I think, honestly, you know what's so crazy? I think the NFC player picture is going to be what it's going to be. I don't think the. A- I don't think the NFC playoff picture changes much. I think it's going. I think it's going to play out exact. Here's the thing, right? Eagles, like you said, Eagles won. Detroit Lions second seed, 49ers third seed, Saints fourth seed. I got the Seahawks being the fifth seed. Okay, over the Cowboys. Uh, over the Cowboys, um, Dallas sixth seed, Vikings seventh seed. Now, obviously, the Eagles would get the bye if they win. If, if they win the conference, which we all think they will do. They, <laughs> um, okay. So, so I look at it like this, right? The Detroit Lions in the wild card round is going to face off with the Vikings, a divisional matchup. That's going to be entertaining as hell. Lions and, and Vikings. Yeah. And the Lions, listen, the Lions better not take them lightly because I, I understand the Lions are playing well, but they're still the, they're still the Detroit Lions. Oh, well, I'd, I'd be rooting for Dobbs. Um, and then the 49ers Niners play the Cowboys. Beat the Cowboys for a third time in the playoffs. <laughs> and they got to play a candlestick. Then the Saints the Cowboys and, don't want that. Then the Saints and Seahawks. Saints, I, and I think, honestly, that's a toss-up. I, like, the Saints and the Seahawks, in my opinion, that's one of those it games. It would be in New Orleans. Ooh. 
that game is still a toss up because for me, it's all about who brings their A game that day. It's all about, it's all about, see, I feel like you neither of those Gino teams. Can, over Derek Carr? I feel like, I feel like Gino has better weapons overall. I think Gino's got better coaching overall. He has the better coach. Better, I think he has the better defense, the better weapons. But Gino has shown a propensity to just make a dumb play after a while. He does. But Carr will make a bad throw. I probably it's a coin flip. It did. That's a coin flip game. That is a coin flip game. And, I, and like I said, Detroit better not sleep on the Vikings if they get in. They better not. How about this here? It'd be Ravens and Bills. It'd be Lamar versus Josh Allen. Um, what? No, no, no. Wait, in, no, 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 no. It'll be uh, it'll be um, Ravens. If, if the standings, if they, if the standings stay right now, stay as they are Ravens now. Ravens and Bills. Ravens Bengals. It'd be Ravens Bengals. No, no. Ravens Bills because I got the Bills at seven. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah. My, okay. Okay. So you don't have you don't have the Steelers getting in. No, I no okay. I have. Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, Jags, Bengals, Browns, Bills. Okay. And so I would have Ravens, Bills. Okay. And it would be in Baltimore in the wild card round. It would be Dolphins and Browns. I'm taking the Browns in that round. game. I'm taking and the Browns. How about over this Dolphins. one? It would be Jags and Bengals <laughs> in the opening round. That's a, that's a coin flip game. That's a quick because the Jags, the Jags are good. Yo, I don't know why people are afraid to say the Jags are good. They are why good. are people afraid to say they're good? They're, they're one of the better teams in turnovers. They're turnover so takeaways. Good. I listen, I, I'm 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 bullish on the Jags right now. I'm but I think the Ravens knock out the Bills. I think that game is kind of unfortunately, I think the Ravens will dominate them. Um and I'm then, gonna say something to you, man, to get this. And I and I thought I would not say this to you. I think your boy's gonna win the MVP. If he goes four and one, man, four and one. That's the magic. You know, I asked I Rob about it, right? It. I asked Rob. I asked him directly. I said, "Hey, listen, Minnesota's talked about this. Like, do you think, do you think he could do it if 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 they went four and one? Do you think he should get MVP?" He said, "Oh, without question. I mean, think about like he's he's essentially playing playoff playoff football. Yeah, that's a playoff. That that you're you're starting your playoffs after the bye. Yeah." And, and, and that would be the thing I'm preaching to the team. Playoffs after the bye, man. Listen, yep. this is going to be a hell of a run over the next several weeks because I can't wait. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be a movie, Sills. We're going to have a lot to talk about. I think your boy's going to do it, man. I appreciate it, Tone. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. You got it. That is our good friend, Tone. Monday through Friday, 3.30, each and every single day. We call it the segment. Hey, do not forget, it's Happy Wings Giving from Hooters. Our great friends, all specials during the month of November. Ice cold, Coors Light drafts, $2.99, 25 cents of that all goes to local charities. 2024 calendars are out. There's $100 in goof and on, on, uh, gift coupons that are in there. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Military Mondays, 20% all day. Seafood Sundays, half price. Try the buffalo shrimp. And anytime you roll into any one of the Hooters, you tell them Big Sill sent you.
Mattel and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. have a better guest on right now talking about something like this who evaluates players all the time for the pro football hall of fame and i want to get his sense before i bring him up i want to read this to him about carson wentz because we started our show off with this now that he's signing with the rams here by the way jason's early childhood favorite team the la rams Carson Wentz, Burt Bell MVP. My uncle won that. Jaworski won it. Jalen Hurts won it last year. Pro Bowler. Fourth all-time in passing yards in Eagle history since 1930. Fourth in completion percentage. Fourth in TD passes. He's got the first, the fifth, the ninth, and the 27th best single-season yardage numbers in Eagle history. He's got the most touchdown passes in the history of the franchise at 33, fifth at 27, ninth at 25, and 16th twice in 16 and 20. Now he signs with the Rams. I said I think he belongs in the – and he's got a Super Bowl ring. And he was 11 and 2. And you don't win home field advantage without his play 
and 17. I said he belongs in the Eagle Hall of Fame. Name me a quarterback that had that type of success that helped lead your team to the promised land. Now he's got a chance in an audition with the Rams. He's not going to be a Rams quarterback because of the money that's involved with Stafford. Carson Wentz, very complex. Let's bring Jason Cole in, our friend. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Carson Wentz and what you think of him and his opportunity now with the Rams. And, you know, it's funny, Jace. He threw for 3,800 yards, 3,900 yards in Indianapolis a couple of years ago with 27 touchdowns and six picks. And they were 9-8, and eight and they said he sucked. And he was 68% completion percentage, and he didn't. Um. Question marks no, on the not, not, not stat-wise. He didn't suck. But um, – How many people do you think are going to succeed in Indy? Well, that I mean, guy's still but, looking for the replacement for Andrew Luck. Well, there's some – I mean, how long have the have the Dolphins been looking for a replacement for Dan Marino? Okay. Yeah, but they had the numbers how, in the And building. how long did the Cincinnati Bengals go before they found, a real, you know, a real quarterback – between what was it, um, Greg Cook and Carson Palmer? You know, like I mean, that, I'm not sure that that's really fair um, comparison. But Carson Carson Wentz was just not—he's not a team guy. Um, he's not a tough guy. Um, there's a lot of things in the locker room that guys don't like about him. Okay, and those are not quantifiable. Um, but you've been in locker rooms where the quarterback is not is not a an appreciated light guy. In I order think he for talks him to, to half over the locker room, Jace. I think he talks to half the locker room where when you're a real leader like Brady and Hurts and these guys, you talk to the doorman. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. You you look everybody just tells the whole vibe about Carson Wentz, including like I've heard people who don't like his wife I mean, that's how bad it is right and and you know i always feel like stuff like that is is should be you know left off the matter but guys even bring it up like you don't have you don't have to go searching for it so you know there's just a lot of stuff about carson where he doesn't seem to care about a lot beyond carson um and that rubs guys the wrong way um, how he handled the whole thing after, you know, Foles led him to a Super Bowl and he came back and, you know, was uncomfortable with Foles in, in, in the locker room and stuff like that. That's, that's happened. So this goes beyond play. And he's, what I'm trying to say is he's not a good enough player to overcome having a crappy personality. Some quarterbacks are so good that like, whatever, Rodgers. Well, that's you know that's been said about him many times. Yes, there's but there's other guys out there who, who are who are schmucks. Um, but you know, like people are like, dude's good. You know, make it work. Um, but yeah, in the perfect world, what you want is a guy like a Brady or a Peyton Manning. You know, who you know takes care of everybody in the locker room in some way. You know, recognizing it. But it's like Tom Brady when he was at the ring ceremony in Tampa. And he stands there and he points out every single guy on the team in that little speech. And you think it's kind of like hokey and this and that, but that matters to guys. 
it matters to guys who you know like they they work really hard for the smallest bit of, of appreciation you know the money is great but the appreciation from a guy like brady means so much to those guys the practice squad guys the backup defensive linemen, the backup offensive linemen you know the special teams guys like that's the job of being a quarterback of being a great quarterback is to bring all those guys together you know jace i i hope you're not one of these guys but why do i feel now that we're past wednesday and into thursday for some reason everybody and every time i tune it on I could have swore the Cowboys beat the Eagles. And it's like they won that game Sunday. And I'm hearing Dak outplayed Jalen. I'm like, no, Jalen made more critical plays in that game than Dak did. Not that Dak played poorly. He did. Dak played, I thought Dak played great. I mean, for, he did. But I but, went like this. I'm like, why is that narrative always out there that, see, to me, the Cowboys haven't proven they can beat a contender, Jason, but yet they talk like contenders. Well, that's the cowboy way. I guess. Right? I mean, it, it, it all re relates back to my premise that <coughs> they print Super Bowl tickets before they qualify for the playoffs. Okay, that's the that is the cowboy way. Is like, you know, we're in Vegas, baby. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, don't make the reservations yet. Okay, <laughs> hold off. Okay, you know, don't print the tickets for the Super Bowl just yet. Okay get you know qualified for the playoffs first and and they've always and that's the mentality of jerry and it seeps down to the entire team it's like i remember this is a basketball this is a basketball um, analogy but remember when the dallas mavericks made it to the nba finals the first time and mark cuban was losing his mind on the sideline and finally avery johnson went to him and said hey look if you're freaking out that justifies the players freaking out. And if the players freak out, I got to get them back under control and I got them get them focused. So you got to do me a favor, Mark. You got to keep it buttoned up and hushed up and not complain about the officiating, not complain about anything. Keep it together so that the guys don't feel like they can act the same way. Well, Jerry acts this way as if, oh, we're, we're right there. We're on our way to Super League. No. Grind it out. Grind out the season. Focus on what the season takes because that's what will get you through it eventually. And it's really, really hard, but that's what you've got to do it. But, yeah, look, I thought Dallas gave them a lot better game than I expected. I expected the Eagles to beat them up, all right? And the Eagles in some ways should have and then did some kind of zany things in the second half of that game. You know, they took control of the game. But they did some stuff where they just didn't finish them off. The third and, and three they throw down the sideline to give the ball back was really weird. You're like this. Wait a minute. You got the game one. Why did you have the three and out? All you had to do was make him even force him to take a timeout. You right. gave him an opportunity to win the ball game at the end of the game. Right. Like that's And that's not the Eagles' way of doing business. Like they it's get the you coordinators. into the third. Right. They, get, they normally get you into third and three and say, okay, we're going to pound you. Right? Yeah. And you know we're going to pound you. We're going to tell you we're going to pound you. And we're still going to pound you. Like, that's how this is supposed to work. And for some reason, and sorry about it, there's a truck outside. But for some reason, 
they got away from what they are best at in that game, and I thought they got cute with the Cowboys where they should have just been hammering. Is it panicking, Jason, with the new coordinators uh, that when you're uh, young? Sometimes like I think you guys just – I think I, I didn't see panic. I just saw – I think they got outsmarted themselves. You know, sometimes – experience. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes even experienced guys do it. Like, they just outthink themselves, right? Like, yep. even really smart coaches go – Okay, they're going to expect this, and we're going to do, and we're going to come up with a deep, deep shot. Like, no, dude, it's third and three. Run it, run it, or run, run something simple. Run like you know, run a little two-way pattern where you give, you find the one guy who's got a one-on-one matchup. He's got two directions he can go depending on how he reads the corner, outside, inside. Boom, you take you take the short one right for five or six yards. Right, you know, Devontae Smith can do that all day long. But you know, you went for the deep shot, and like that's just not that's just not the play here. I would have even said you're better off if you just run the tush push <laughs> on back to back plays. Work the clock, make a timeout, be used. Right now, I, I you know I don't want to necessarily take a fourth down shot in my own territory. As good as I am with that, but I like that better than throwing it up for you know throwing it up on a you know on a you know, weak side fade pattern. I mean, I just don't you like stop that. the clock, no timeout to get the ball back, and you have a shot to win. I mean, that it to me, just, it was just not. It was not the eagle way of doing business. You gave Dallas a chance when there should have been no chance. And if Dak had just kept his foot in, and I, again, I don't blame him for doing that. But you know, if he had kept his foot in, it's a field goal game, and all of a sudden, it's very different. Who's better, Ravens or Eagles? Ravens are more consistent than the Eagles. The Eagles are a better overall football team. Are those the two best teams at the midseason, Mark? Yeah, it was, they're they're incredibly physical. I mean, I do rankings where you know you take an average per play, and it's on the thirty third team this week. And um, Baltimore is number two in the league in terms of how how little they allow on defense compared to how much they gain on offense it's like a it's a really really big differential and when you have that kind of differential you're you're a super bowl contender now philly doesn't have a very big differential this year but again i want when you watch them play you go okay when they really need to they take control of games right now they're just kind of dicking around, playing as as we like to say. They're playing with their food. They're just not. They're not pounding people out. Yeah, I I look. I think they're gonna. They they still got issues in that secondary. You know, I don't think they're very physical in their backs. I mean, last year they had a guy in Miles Sanders who had thirteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. Well, I think DeAndre's not. DeAndre's pretty tough. He's, well, here here though, he runs, Jason. He runs hard. He's not going to get thirteen hundred yards this year. No, he's not. I mean, he's he's not. He's not the same. He didn't as Miles, replace but, production. Yeah, right. I look. I just think that DeAndre Swift is is a work. Like that's not where I said they have their problem. I like him. I do. Yeah, I I I, a, I I do too. I, one more thing about the Ravens, though. Can you imagine Roquan Smith? Uh, Roquan Smith still in Chicago right now, and look at what he's done. With that Ravens defense and what Eric DaCosta did by putting that financial faith in him, it solidified the. They have no weakness on defense right now. 
They are yeah. so good on that side of the ball right now. And you put a 25-year-old kid. I mean, I thought the idea in Chicago was to acquire talent. You let that guy walk out the building and you spent $100 million in two linebackers where you could have had that guy signed to a new contract, but you went somewhere else and you passed on Jalen Carter. I mean, boy, I tell you, man, Baltimore back again, making good decisions. I know it goes mm-hmm. from Ozzie now to DaCosta, but he has made a massive impact in Baltimore. Look, their defense is as sound as it gets from front to back. All right. You know, Queen's playing great. Talk about Roquan playing great. They don't have any real weaknesses there. The most now they've played something of a light schedule, which has helped, you know, improve it. But they've also in the past four weeks played Detroit, or past three weeks, played Detroit and Seattle, which are not necessarily Super Bowl contenders, but that's a those are good mid-level to maybe upper-level teams. Detroit. I think they know, got the hardest of... schedule down down the road here coming right. up here. And, yeah, and and but the bottom line is they they handled those two teams at home. They hammered them, and I think the the other thing that we're sort of missing in all this is if their defense is that good, you don't have to ask as much of Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson can be very efficient. I mean, he's seventy-one percent because he's taken, you know, the rest, yeah, he's he's taken take the easy throw. You don't have to go take the high wire act throw. Um, so he's off to you know his personal best seventy-one percent uh, there. Only two interceptions. Yeah, there's only nine touchdown passes. People could quibble about that, but the way that they run their offense, nine is is fine. Okay, that that's that's great. They've only one of their two losses was a completely just happens chance game against Pittsburgh where they dropped four TD passes in that game. And the Steelers get lucky in a couple of places on, you know, with their defense, right? By all rights, they should only have one loss, you know? So what they're doing, what that defense allows them to do by not forcing Lamar Jackson to have to make those critical tough passes I always say this: if you don't, if you don't ask him to make five or six of those plays, if you only ask him to make two or three of those high leverage plays, like third and eight, third and nine, third and seven, fourth down, whatever it happens to be, you increase your odds of winning exponentially because he'll do everything else great. He's terrific at everything else. Is it Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson at the? Mid grades here, mid part of the season, where you would say one, two, two, one, when it comes to most valuable player in the race, and put would you put Mahomes in there? Would you put Burrow in there, or is it right now? Burrow's, Burrow, Jack- Burrow didn't play well for the first what, three or four games. Yep. Um, so he doesn't deserve it. Mahomes is just, you know, their efficiency. Now, now Hurts is fourth in turnovers. Yeah, and so Hurts, I have a hard time with because I think he. It's not that he's regressed, but he's just not what he was last year. Um, and their, you know, their red zone efficiency has dropped by what fifteen or seventeen percent, something like that. They're not it's, scoring touchdowns. It's kind of ticking up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but it started out horrifically. Their red yeah. zone issues were terrible. So you know, Jace, they're kind of they're getting they're they're not turning the ball over as much over the last couple of weeks, and. You know, to me, I think it's more about wanting to be a finesse team versus, like I said, a physical team. With the Gainwell and Swift, are not physical. They're good. They're more of a pass. They're trying to evolve into a passing team, and 
I don't know. It, it just to me, you're you're not going to replace two grand in running and twenty five touchdowns because last year, get this, Miles Sanders had twenty five touchdowns with Hertz and two thousand yards in rushing. You're not replacing that. You be when, no. and you're gonna you're gonna throw more passing yards up, and which means this that's more of a finesse team to me than what you did a year ago in twenty two. The twenty two team to me was more of a physical football team. Yeah, and I, and and again, hurts fed off of that. Yes, put up, put up some great numbers, and that happens. So I would have Lamar Jackson ahead of Hurts um, on that side. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey deserves some some play in this thing. I'll be honest, T.J. Watt. Huh? Like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has no business. They have no. I have no idea how they're five and three. Right, they have a negative yards per play by like a yard per play. Their their offense is horrible. Okay, I mean it's just it's hard to watch. Like as much as I know George Pickens is a jack wagon and 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 an idiot. Okay, and a selfish prick. Okay, as much as I know that from people who've told me what kind of pebble in my shoe. What? (laughs) What? That's what Mike Tomlin goes. What do you make of that comment? And he goes. George Pickens oh, yeah. concerns are a pebble in my shoe. <laughs> I right. And 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 I admire I admire Tomlin for having that kind of bravado to say this is not that big a deal. At the same time, you know, like Pickens is is, is a child and he's handling this all wrong. But he's also not necessarily wrong about how bad things are. It's Quebec like, Canada. Yeah, their offense is just not create like they just never run they never run movement with their receivers where guys are cutting under each other to create traffic for the DBs, right? And create create easy throws for Pickett, okay? And whatever Pickett and Pickens, whatever their problem is, you know, I don't I don't quite get it. You know, Pickens you know, got to keep his feet in bounds for a touchdown, and so that's why he's he's wrong there. But this is not a creative offense, and they've got better players than a year ago. Like they they're they're further along, and this should look a whole lot better than it does. Um, Giants make a mistake on Daniel Jones. Yeah, they made a mistake on Daniel Jones. You just don't pay for mediocrity. But it's so like it's so hard to go into that process of trying to find a guy, and I think that ultimately the price was not so staggeringly high that they from underneath it. But and and, and it's also hard to forty million, forty million a year, One, forty million. I mean, there's guys making forty. There's guys making fifty million now, right? With I get a it. truckload guaranteed. Okay, that's that's the price of poker. So, but they can get out of the contract faster than, than other teams because of the full guarantee. So, if you know the numbers, it's not really forty million. They're going to pay him more than he's worth, and I never thought he was really worth that. But I also know that it's like try going into the draft looking for a quarterback. And I feel bad, you know, I feel bad for Dayball because I think Dayball is a pretty good coach. I will also say this about Dayball: like, you know, you're not helping yourself a lot with the antics on the sideline. I know that there are lots of people out there. Oh, you got to rip somebody, you know, a new one. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to get them to play hard. Like, no, 
players respond to being taught, not being embarrassed. Yeah, right? no way. So you you have to pick. Don't and talk choose. down to me, man, in public. You want to talk down to me and address me? Do it in your office, not on the sidelines or in a press conference. Right, right. You want? Yeah, you can. If I play bad, I play bad. Yeah. But you know, pick pick your pick your spot. Yeah. And you lose you lose a lot more guys now. Occasionally, again, occasionally there's a call for you have to do that, right? Occasionally, if a guy gets way way out of line. But Evan Neal just playing bad, like he's not good. Right? <laughs> he's not. It's what it ain't his fault that he's not a good player. You're the one putting him out on the field, right? So he's just he's just not good enough, Jason. Right. And and so, you know, like, why are you sitting there going WTF on national television? That's not that's not doing you any good with your players. Two last questions for you. 49ers, they get their pieces back, and they do a good job down the stretch here. Are you still a believer in Brock Purdy? Yeah, as long as, they, you, know, as, long as you don't ask them to come back from you know, big deficits. I, I, like, he fits, in, he fits for what they're trying to accomplish as long as you have a bunch of, you know, as long as you're relatively healthy around him. Okay? He's... He's going to distribute the ball. He's going to get it in the right hands. He's going to, you know, he's going to do all the right things that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. The problem is that if you get behind and you have to throw and they're dropping seven and eight all the time against you, he doesn't have a big enough arm to overcome that, right? Like that's where, that's where the holes in the defense start to really tighten up and people don't give you that kind of room. And that, you know, like that's why he was a seventh round pick. He doesn't have CJ Stroud's arm. He doesn't, have, you know, Ben Roethlisberger arm. You know, he doesn't have that kind of talent to overcome that. So, yes, everybody has to be healthy. But if everybody's healthy, you've got, you know, Debo and McCaffrey and Ayuk, who's played terrific this year, and Kittle, who's still a threat. We have to account for him. Like they're, they're as good as anybody. They they can be the best team in the league. They can be better than the Eagles if everything is right. They're but right now not everything is right. And so the Eagles are the best team in the league to me, with Baltimore and Kansas you know, right behind. And Miami's still really good. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. Uh, here, do you think the next destination for Jim Harbaugh? Do you think that he'll be one of the hottest sought-after coaches because of this? And, again, I look at that shit going on at Michigan. I don't care. If I'm an NFL owner, this guy's 47 or 49 and 19. In if Vine. I'm in Michigan, I don't really care. Right. I, I, right. And get this. I, I, okay. Every guy's crying because he's out recruiting him and he's killing the teams now. And so they're mad at him because here's something about Harbaugh. If you know him like I do. This guy's got a this guy's got a welcome mat that he, he's a fist with a mouth on it. And he's always yeah. going to get into people's asses so quick because he's he's a sharp dude and he's he's like John Tortorella of NFL coaches. Let me share a great story about him that just somebody at Stanford just told me. So when he was coaching at Stanford, 
I guess he got involved with a land deal with some of his buddies back in Michigan. And the way the contract on the land deal was was written, um, he was responsible for all the money, and the deal went belly up. So we're talking he was in debt, you know, eight, ten, twelve million dollars. It was a it was a ton of cash he was on on, on the hook for. Some of the Stanford real estate guys came in and they negotiated it out for him and got together and they got him out of the deal for, for literally pennies for almost nothing. So they go out to dinner, right? It's the, all the guys who basically saved him and, and Harbaugh and they're having a dinner where he's like, okay, great, let's relax. And then one of the downers comes in and says, Hey, you know, we, Jim, we just did this for you, but we're not expecting you, you know, we expect a little bit of loyalty in return after we took care of you on this deal and negotiated out for you. you know, we don't want to hear about, you know, this other team comes calling. And Harbaugh was completely honest with him and said, you know, I'm the son of a coach. <laughs> and they're like, well, what are you going to say a son of a bitch? <laughs> well, it's getting close to this. He goes, I'm a son of a coach. And they go, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you know, I never really lived any place for that long. You know, my dad was a good coach, not a great coach. Like Jimmy. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we moved every two, three, four years and bounced around and went here. He goes, and to be honest with you, that works for me. Because I wear people out. He does. And I was like, that's awesome. Because it is an amazing amount of self-awareness by Jim Harbaugh about, like, he's a jackass in a lot of ways. Oh, he, he, he gets on you, people's you nerves to no end. He's a he, great coach, right? Great like, coach. Another, another story from Stanford. They, he had them practice in full pads on Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> Full padded practice on Christmas Eve, getting ready for a bowl game. They got into a fight. The players got into a fight on Christmas Eve, and Harbaugh's like standing there going, All right, <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. But he, this is, you know, like he, that's his mentality. He's different. He is totally. But again, here's, here's one thing though there was conversation potentially David Tepper and him were going to meet last year. I think there was some talk with Minnesota. And if you think about it, the Trent Belkey thing didn't work out well. There was animosity there between the Yorks and all three of those guys. Balky's down with the Jags now. Well, that was really and, about like the Balky thing was. Would it worry you, Chase, that he has like these adversarial relationships at a lot of places that he's at? Yeah, I mean, look, it's concerning. If I'm hiring the guy, I'm hiring him thinking I'm maybe getting four to five years out of him. You know, that, is and, that good and, enough for me? That might be good enough for me. Like San Francisco, he got real close to winning a title. And at Stanford, like that, he he is the father of the greatest era of Stanford football. Right. Because that carried over not just him, but then it carried over to David oh, Shaw. And we, you know, we've never gone to more than two bowl games in a row. Like all of a sudden we went to bowl games seven or eight straight years. I mean, that was Did fantastic. You get to a Rose Bowl? What? Didn't you get to a Rose Bowl between Sean? I'm just and saying Harbaugh? we did. We got to Rose Bowls. We we did. We never went for more. We would go. Yeah. No. No. History, no. Right. Our history is we would go to back to back bowl games. Right. 
We did Rose Bowls in back-to-back, but never get to a third one. Yeah. Right? And he broke us out of that pattern because whatever what, what always happens at Stanford is it, they want you to be good. They just don't want you to be too good. No, no. Here, here's what happens, Jace, because I tell people at a place like Stanford and Notre Dame, this is why they'll never win a national title at those places, is because when, when Nick Saban goes to admissions and has 20 guys, he gets 20 guys. When you go to admissions at Notre Dame and Stanford, you get six of those 20 guys. Yeah. And you have to build that up, and those guys become three, four-year guys, and you have a great year. Those guys graduate, and you're back to the beginning again. That's why you have every other year and sometimes two years. But what Harbaugh did was he recruited and hit on a lot of those seven guys, seven guys, seven guys, and it became a chain effect. And that's why he was probably the best recruiter in Stanford football history. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, truly no no question about it that he left an imprint. And he also, I give him credit, I never thought that tough guy football would work at Stanford. I always thought it was going to be the, the Walsh, John Ralston, let's play pretty football, right? Throw the ball, you know, throw the ball. He played tough guy football there. It worked and it worked great. And he established something that lasted for a number of years. Again, you know, David Shaw continued that, continued that legacy on. And so, yes, I would hire Jim Harbaugh knowing full by year two or three, He's going to be grousing about his contract, which is what he was doing in San Francisco. He was grousing about his contract. He was expecting to get paid this. He was expecting to get paid that. He wanted this. He wanted that. He wanted more control. Like, he's always going to find a reason. window in after the bowl game that he had. Well, it it comes back to, you know, I never really lived anywhere that long, and I'm just going to grate on people because I'm going to be. Spurrier used to do that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the, it's the nature of who people are. So I'd hire him. And again, you know, you get back to the cheating thing. It's like this stuff happens in college football. It's stupid. And the fact that the fact that they allow it to happen, like that that's what pisses me off about college football is like they play this holier than now card. It's like, no, 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 no. You guys set up rules that, you know, encouraged essentially encouraged people to cheat and you're you know like now it's entrapment basically i mean now you know they broke rules and it's bad and it's all those kinds of things but just put in a, a radio system what are you doing Jay- change Jay- your signals what jason, are you doing jason you take michigan out of the big 10 in ohio state your conference usa okay you Iowa, Indiana. Oh, you might be the you might be the Big Twelve. You might be the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. Okay, you're not. Michigan gives you identity. They sell Harbaugh and the khakis. He he's a draw. The reason why networks. You know why they're not going to go on and have any problems? Because the networks are going to step in like ESPN and Fox and go. Hang on, you're telling me we're going to send if Ohio State. Or we're going to send Ohio State who is, okay, I guess so. Again, Michigan's more compelling and a higher rating. Television networks run this stuff, dude. They're, you know this. They run it. So the Big Ten championship game is going to be Iowa versus Ohio State? I'm not watching that. <laughs> no. It's a, look, it's much ado, in my view, it's much ado about nothing other than 
you know, it's an honor code violation and you deserve to pay. So, but as I always come back to all this, fix the problem so that people can't do this. You know, you've been, we, the NFL had this rule back in 2007, the Patriots broke the rule. What do they do? They put in a coach to quarter, quarterback radio system, you know, put in a coach to the middle linebacker radio system. There's no more of this cheating. Just get rid of it. Get to, be done with it. You know, well, I know, it. I know this, that Al Davis used to have, when they stayed at the hotels in Oakland, Al used to have like the maids go in <laughs> on a Saturday and go in and look and see if any of the players at the rooms had, they had any of, like sketchy notes or anything in the trash buckets or someone left a playbook behind, then they would bring it over to Al told me this and they would yeah. bring it over or, or get this, say they were playing the chargers with Wes Chandler and them guys, all of a sudden they would turn the sprinklers on over at the Oakland Coliseum and Wes Chandler goes, I walk in there. It doesn't rain in California. How come the field is flooded? <laughs> <laughs> My fa- here, here, I, I got two stories about Al real quick. The first one is, you know, back in the 70s, uh, Jim Mandich told me this one, that they were in the, they were at, they were playing a game at Cal because the Coliseum was taken up because the the A's were in the, the World Series, right? So they're playing at Cal, and Shula comes in at halftime, and he starts looking at the light fixture, and he goes, Al, I know you have this place bugged. I know it. I know it. And he's screaming at the light fixture, and Mandich is going <laughs> What the hell is going on here? But and, and the best part is like Al, Al's line afterwards was it wasn't in the light fixture. Um <laughs> that's number hey. that's 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 number one. Oh what now I've all of a sudden forgotten what, what was oh number two is Mike Ornstein told me this story. This is a classic that he used to have. And this, he would he would like make relationships with assistant coaches on other teams, and so he would go out on the field, and you would see inevitably that he would be back to back to the with the assistant coach from the other team because he was always talking about oh I'm going to get you a job I'm going to get you a job I'm going to get you a job. Morris Bradshaw was part of that, right? And so they would talk to each other back to back and share secrets, and Al would you know and. There's a great story about him with Lance Allworth. You know, when Lance Allworth was playing for the Chargers and he goes up to Lance Allworth pretending to be a reporter and said, hey, what's your favorite route? And then Gilman screams over there goes, Al, get away from my player. You know, like that. <laughs> like <laughs> cheating happens. Like this is just what these guys are about. There's, there's too much on the line. So take away the opportunity. Expect them to live by some BS honor code. It's not going to hey, happen. Hey, Jace, I gotta, I'll, yeah. I'm going to leave you with this one here. So okay. I had never played at the horseshoe. So I go into the horseshoe, and I'm, we're we're opposing team. I use the visiting lockers in there. I walk into the visiting lockers. This is before they retrofitted and fixed it up, the, uh, the horseshoe, Ohio State, where they played. I walk in there, and I look, and I go, the locker's pink, and there's only 20 lockers, and there's 60 of us, and there's one bar of soap, and the towels all have starch in them. <laughs> and I'm going like this. What in the and – the, and the water's trickled down. Woody made sure that every single time – hey, your experience at the horseshoe 
was hey you're taking a shower like this there's no hot water it's just a little water coming down you're, you got like a, a you got like a car cup. you got a cup yeah you got right. a cup you got a cup Look, and you're like trying used, to get out of the water like a, like a bar of soap jason that like 18 teams had used prior to that on the dish and i'm sitting here looking at this and there's a little and it's like freezing cold and there's 20 lockers and 65 of us and i'm like this is and the walls were pink <laughs> That was Woody, man. That's what he wanted your experience. Chase, thank you so much, my friend. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. You got it. That is our friend, Jason Cole, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. Please follow him on Twitter and follow his work. Hit the like button. Power Hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Big 
Mike Sills, National Football Show. Please hit the like button. We're going to reset here a little bit and talk a little bit about the birds here. Also, draft order. I want to look at week 10 of the National Football League as we move forward here. Um, some really great games and some really compelling games here. Hey, you know what? At the halfway mark, where would you put Redick, Hassan? Where would you put him at the halfway mark when it comes to pass rushing? What do you think? What do you think our record will be in the next five games? That's a great question, Nate. He's not top three. He's not top four. I like that, Nate. What do you guys think your record's going to be over the next five? See, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. I'm not going to lie. I think you dropped the Seattle game. Is it possible you sweep the Cowboys? Here, here, here's here. How do you think Josh Allen's going to do against your secondary? Here, let's do that. How do you think Patrick? Are you concerned about Patrick Mahomes versus? Are you concerned about Patrick Mahomes? And Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey and um, Andy Reid coming out of a bye. What's Andy Reid's record coming out of a bye? Okay, isn't it like insane against your secondary? It's a good question there. Let's see. Someone says that somebody, I mean, you feel really good. You feel really good about Andy Reid and Josh or uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey versus your secondary. You feel really good. He's beating you two games in a row. How could you feel really good? Where, where would you get that? What's Andy Reid's record after a bye in the NFL as a coach? A 27 to 4 record. Look at this guy right here just said that Nick's 2 and 0 after buys. Andy Reid's 27 and 4. Reid is widely 2 and 0 versus 27 and 4. I don't know. And Mahomes. Do you still feel really good? Let's take a look at this other thing here. I saw somebody say that Allen's going to throw four picks versus the worst de pass defense in the league. Josh Allen's 2,023 stats. Let's see here. Um, he's got just as many picks as, um, as Jalen does. Maybe one more pick. And in the last three years, 
Josh Allen has thrown 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, 36 touchdowns, 15, 35 touchdowns, 14. And right now he's on pace for 36 TDs and 18. That that'd be but so is Jalen on pace for 18 turnovers. I don't think both will be that high. Reddick is number one context. He was hurt in the first four games. And then the last five, he's got seven and a half sacks. Luscious thinks he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. I don't think it's crazy. I did a year ago. Okay. Look at Maniac. Allen, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Eagles win. Okay. The problems, in my opinion, in um, in Buffalo really are coming on the defensive side more so. Let me take a look at that one more time here. I want to take a look at that. What Allen's done this year. Man, he's really put up a lot of touchdowns. He's put up a ton. Okay. Yeah, he's leading the NFL in interceptions right now. He's got 18 TDs and nine. So I think Jalen's right behind him with eight. I think he's right there. Hurts is fourth in turnovers, actually. Okay. Um, how do you feel about... Um, The 49ers and Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey attacking your secondary and your linebackers. You haven't played a team like that all year. Right? When the 49ers come to the link, you haven't played a back, a tight end, and two wideouts with that kind of offense versus your defense. Correct? What linebacker do you have is going to cover Kittle or McCaffrey or Ayuk? You think your cornerback? Do your cornerbacks match up versus Debo and Ayuk in San Francisco? You're going to have to get home. And their defense is better than your defense. I believe. Their defense as well with and and Goddard will be out. Hey, you know what's crazy? Am I right, Tone, when I say this? Goddard's gonna be out the entire five game stretch that you're going on here now. Is that right? Goddard Goddard will be out the entire stretch. So he'll be missed. Strong possibility that Goddard's going to be out in every one of these. Yeah. So that's going to be another issue. Is that you're gonna you're gonna miss Dallas Goddard here?
Let me move this down here. Messing around here with my. Wow, that's a big mess. I didn't realize I had forgotten that that you're gonna you're gonna be out this guy. You're gonna be out Goddard down this stretch run here. Um, whew, does that hurt? And and again, especially to me, I think you need him versus um the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is good, guys. I mean, I think they're, they're they got a really good defense this year. And Bill Moss said it last year or last uh, yesterday that the Chiefs defense has improved mightily here. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I it, this is going to be a defining time for this team over these. The next five weeks is going to tell you if you win this thing or not. I think, and I'm talking about win home field because to me you got to win. It's about winning the division first then winning home field second. That's how I look at it. You got to do things in progression here, in my opinion. Okay? You got to do things in progression here. Win the division first. Chiefs are finally good defensively. Rematch. Love Philly 500. Got to be worried about Goddard being out, brother. Sign Gronk. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see where Hassan Reddick is. Is Hassan Reddick one of the top five pass rushers in the NFL? He's at seven and a half now in really five games. Would I take Hassan Reddick over Daniel Hunter, who's got 10? TJ Watt, he's not better than TJ Watt. He's not better than Miles Garrett. He's not better than Max Crosby. He's probably, I don't know if he's better than Khalil Mack. Josh Allen. He's better than Kayvon Thibodeau. I love this kid, Hendrickson from Cincinnati. You know, he and Parsons have the same amount of sacks. Yeah, Yale, I'd put him in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to you here. Hassan Reddick, he's not better than Parsons as a player. He's a better pass rusher than Parsons. I think he is. I think he's a better pass rusher. But there were a couple times in that Dallas game, over-pursued, missed a couple tackles. But he is a big-time pass rusher. He really is. And he has a propensity to make plays in the backfield. You know, one of my favorite things that Tone – Gave me from last year, third down sacks, forced fumbles, number one. Uh, you know, fourth quarter sacks, number one. That's putting a dot on the on the exclamation point, dude. Like like the Washington closeout. You know, I think he's a better ball player than Jadavian Clowney. He he's better. He's a better ball player than Clowney. Clowney went number one overall. Clowney has never had double-digit sacks in his entire career. Do you think he can get better in the tub, have Sills? He has a couple big TFLs. He's really good, man. He does make a couple TFLs. Reddick is underpaid. Should be top five. I think he's king of Philly. 
they're good. They will always hold it against him because he's not a great cover guy. See, Parsons is more of a complete guy than what um, Reddick is. But Reddick makes bigger plays and impact plays. I think Reddick makes – isn't this crazy? Watch this. Micah Parsons is a more complete ball player, but Reddick makes bigger plays. Who would you rather have on your team? Shit, man. My coach told me I want guys around the ball making big plays all the time. So to me, it's hard for me to pass on Reddick because just because you're the overall complete better player and you don't make impact plays all the time, who do I want? Would you take Reddick or would you take Parsons? I think you take Reddick because he makes the bigger impact play. Like, I see Reddick more on impact plays than I see Parsons. How about this? Let's do this. If they were reversed and Reddick was on the Cowboys and Parsons was in Philly, how would they look at Parsons nationally? I mean, he'd be the he'd be the best blitzing linebacker the Cowboys ever had. Like, is Parsons the greatest blitzing linebacker that they've ever had? Look, who's the best pass rushers in Cowboy history? Well, Harvey Martin, um, Randy White, Bob Lilly. Ed Jones, Charles Haley. Like, is Parsons more impactful than Haley? Where? Right? Where? Like, where's Parsons fit in that? I mean, is he better than Ed Jones? Not a chance. Ed Jones may be one of the most underrated players in NFL history. He's certainly not the impact Randy White made. I think Randy White was Defensive Player of the Year also. Harvey Martin was an MVP in the Super Bowl. I think he and I think Randy White and Harvey Martin. Am I right, guys? I think Randy White and Harvey Martin were co-MVPs in a Super Bowl against Denver back in the day. Am I right when I say that? So you had two guys that were two exceptional pass rushers that won the MVP. And one guy was a defensive player of the year. I think that. If I'm not mistaken, I could have swore Randy White and Martin were co-MVPs in a Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. I think that's the one Alzado played in when he was in Denver still. Look, I think Parsons is a good pass rusher. I don't think he's exceptional. He had a good game against Mulata, though. Tone, I heard you talking about Mulata this year. His first – hey, that's a great call. I want to do that on the O-line right now before I move on to week 10 of the NFL. Let me look at that and go like this. How would I grade the O-line? Let me start with Mulata. Nine games. He's got the blind side of the quarterback. And remember something with the blind side of the quarterback until this dynamic changes. Harvey Martin and Randy White. Thanks, thanks, Tone. Um, remember something about the left side and the left OT until the money changes or there's more right tackles making more than the left tackles. 
the dynamic will always be the blind side of the quarterback will always be the higher priority. Okay. Until that money changes. The highest paid OT is the left tackle is Trent Williams. He's a $30 million a year guy. Okay. I mean, the majority of your big money is on the left side because of the blind side. And why? Because your quarterbacks are right-handed most of the time. Okay. Now I do agree with guys like Tone and everyone who say most of the time now, what you have is you have guys moving all around, but still the predominant run guy is always going to be your right tackle. Okay. But it, it is, but, and quite frankly, outside of lane, who's the best right tackle outside of lane. I can name you Staley, the guy in Baltimore, the guy in Los Angeles with the chargers, Williams, the majority of the guys that you draft are your left LTs. Lane's an outlier. You know how many Hall of Famers are right tackles? Five. Okay, five I can think of. Um, the guy in Green Bay, Ron Yeri. Now, the dynamics change it because the game is more passing. But Lane, see, Lane, and by the way, when they evaluate him for his Hall of Fame, he won't be a first ballot because he's a right tackle. That'll be factors. Rightfully so? Probably not. Do I think he's a first ballot? I do. But the voters will hold that against him. Is he in the conversation with the best tackles in the game? Absolutely. Is he in the conversation as one of the best offensive tackles in the last 20 years? Absolutely. But get this. He's not better than the guy you had, man, and before Milada was over there on the left side. What's the guy's name that you guys had over there in 17 before he got hurt in the Super Bowl? Oh, no. Lane's going to get in, yo. Okay? Lane's going to get in. He'll get in. But Jason Peters is superior to him. Let's be candid here. Then again, Jason Peters is superior to a lot of dudes. Hey, man, when you get begged to play at 41, <laughs> that's goat stuff. Okay? Please come play. We'll give you $3 million. Please. I'm 41. I wish someone did that for me. I mean, you, when you get begged at 41 to still play, I think he's a – isn't Jason Peters a 10-plus – Hall of Fame or a pro bowler or some shit like that. My opinion, Jason Peters, when his name comes up for consideration for the Hall of Fame, I will have no problem at all whatsoever uh, putting that guy on my list as one of the best offensive tackles in my lifetime. Like, do I think he's better than Eric, Eric Howard or Eric Williams? I mean, absolutely. Let me see something here. Jason Peters. According to Wikipedia, let me see this. <clears throat> He's forty-one. Is he in Seattle right now? Don't tell me that. He's in Seattle. Jason Peters is playing in Seattle. He's forty-one. He's on the practice squad. This guy's still getting a paycheck, and he's almost collected Social Security. You're a goat. 
You are a GOAT. Nine-time Pro Bowler, all-decade team. 219 games started. Was in Buffalo, Philly from 9 to 20. Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks. He's 41, and he's on a practice squad. Dude, what a great football player. Man, that's a man right there, boss. Like, do I think Trent Williams is better than Jason Peters? Mm. Trent Williams, Jason Peters. Mm. Trent Williams. According to Wikipedia. Ten-time Pro Bowler. Ten-time Pro Bowler. He's ten-time. Peters is nine. Man. How about this? You take one, I'll take the other. Are we good? Okay. Are we good? I'll take whoever you don't want. Hey, it's one of those like this. LT or Reggie? Well, who do you want? I'll take Reggie. Okay, I'll get LT. Shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? I'll take whatever whatever guy you don't want, I'll take. <laughs> you don't want him, I'll take him. Man. So Malata's great. I thought Parsons pushed him a bit. I thought the kid... Chase Young did a tad in that Washington game, second one. All in all, though, B plus. I think he's a sensational ball player. How many years has he been playing the offensive tackle position? Two. <laughs> How many years has he been playing that left tackle position? Seriously, five? This guy didn't know how to put a – can you imagine this? He's the greatest athlete on your team. That includes A.J. Brown. He's your greatest athlete. Jordan Malata is the best athlete on the Eagles. You want to know Why? So this guy didn't know how to put a helmet on. This guy never knew how to put shoulder pads on. He never knew what a trap block was. He didn't know what pass probe was. He didn't know how to pull on a block. He didn't know what a scoop and slip is. He had no idea how to put his hands out the block. And he's one of the top three offensive tackles left in the league. Here, so let me just never have played the sport. Not in high school, not in college, not anywhere professionally. And I'm just going to join the Eagles. And I'm going to be the best offensive tackle in the NFL at left side. It's insane. That's like going to the gym 
or going to a, a rugby field or a soccer field going, how'd you like to play left offensive tackle? Okay. That's like finding Antonio Gates. Seriously, Antonio, you ever played football? No. How'd you like to be a tight end? Okay. He's going to Canton too. How do you rate John Runyon? Excellent ball player. Um, I think John Runyon, in my opinion, probably a fourth or fifth ballot. will probably get more consideration in there. Um, I think there's been lesser offensive tackles get like, get this. Do I think that the guy in Cleveland who just went in that kid, Joe Thomas is better than John Runyon. I don't know. I think, I think the guy in Cleveland got more push than John Runyon did. I don't know. I, I, I got an ass with a guy who played offensive tackle on the worst teams in NFL history. Okay. I, I, I do. You played on the worst teams in NFL history, made 10 Pro Bowls. Well, how'd you do that? Well, you were so good, you were on shitty teams. Well, you had no impact then. How could you be in the Hall of Fame and have no impact on your team? And have he was even on an 0 16 team. Okay. So Melodic gets a B. Plus. Landon Dickerson. Man, I like him. Was he a second rounder? Was Dickerson a second round draft choice by by Howie? He's been relatively healthy too. I I would say B. Solid. A B. Jason Kelsey now. Slipping, scooping. He's the reason. He and Jay, get this. The reason the tush push is so effective is because Kelsey and Jalen are so good at it together. They're a combo. How many quarterbacks and centers do you see get pushed back? Where those two guys, I never see Jason Kelsey get pushed back on that play. That's the key to it. His quickness to get the foot. You know, you know what it is too? His quickness. And I love the fact that he gets in a four-point stance. So he gets in a four-point stance, gets that ball back quick enough. Remember this. Look, you got 900 pounds of guys in front of him, one on his shoulder, in front of him, and over here. And he's got to do this. And he's got to put that ball up, which means he's on the ground with one hand. I don't know how you just don't pull the guy and create a lane for the guy behind you, behind you, to hit Hurts in the head. I mean, he's got to snap the ball. And what you're told to do when a guy snaps the ball, you're told to pin the arm. Because he's one-handed. One-handed guys aren't stopping Quentin Williams. So for him to get that hand back around again, he's he he had to have been some type of wrestler. He had, I mean, like he had to be a wrestler back in the day or something, 
where he knows leverage and shit like that. Because that's a wrestling move where you get your hand back around again because his quickness in his dude, I'll tell you what, that guy could probably take a cigar out of your mouth and it's lit. Put it in his, take a puff and put it back in yours without you even knowing. He must have the quickest hands on the planet. You understand? He's got to snap that ball between his legs. How don't the guys pin his arm, hold his arm down? He flips it back around, gets his hands on you, and he's pushing all in the same mode. He's the factor in that whole tush push. And Hertz gets behind him because you know why? He's always moving forward. Jason Kelsey makes that play move because of his immense quickness. And when you're 35 years old and you're moving like that and you're quick like that, that's fucking amazing, man. Dude, if I'm the if I'm the Eagles, I pray he comes back. I want him to play two more years. I see no slowing, slowing in his game. I think Rag now up in Detroit's playing good. I like the guy Creed in Kansas City. Or Humphrey, whatever it is, the guy um that's their center in uh, Kansas City. I, I I like that guy too. Um, but I think Kelsey's the all pro center again. I he he's an A, man. So you got two Bs, high B, and an A at center. Right guard, obviously. Here, you know what I'm going to say in this on the right guard position? It's absolutely been, and I thought Suopeta was going to be because it was he had a great game against Donald. And I'll take the back, that the money back thing, the whole thing. He's not been really what they were needing. He had a great game against Aaron Donald. Maybe Donald was not prepared or what have you, but they got the game film on him and they know how to beat him. You know what he is? He's lunging. His He's a little slow in his feet. He's really not strong in the upper body. They can shake him. And what I mean by shake him, so will Petta. If you lean like this, what happens? You're picking sides. You're slapping hands. You're power rushing. You can bull rush him. How many times do you see him get bull rushed back into Jalen? He can't really handle strong dudes with bull rushes. They run them right. Like those guys, what those guys from Washington, I thought they put him back on his and Jalen's lap almost the entire game. If Sean Taylor wasn't cut short, first ballot, slam dunk. Jerome, too, though. University of Miami lost two guys who would have been first ballot Hall of Famers, Jerome Brown and Sean Taylor. Jerome Brown was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jerome probably needed three more years, okay, in Philly. Probably three more years. That would have given him six first team or six Pro Bowls, and he'd have made it. He 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 was killed three years too soon before the Hall of Fame. But Jerome, when he died, was a Hall of Fame player. Sean Taylor, when he died, he was a Hall of Fame player. I helped recruit Sean Taylor. Yeah. Well, we, I helped recruit him. Butch, hey, you know what's crazy? Butch Davis uh, just donated some money to my um, to my daughter. And um, Butch Davis, man, he recruited Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Sean Taylor, Cortez Kennedy, Warren Sapp. <laughs> I mean, Butch can recruit, man. And Butch goes like this. He goes, hey, he loves these guys back in the day. Can So... Um, Benny Blades and my, we helped recruit Sean Taylor to go to Miami. Really, really a fine kid. 
I, I think I've told some of you the story. George Meyer Jr. was my linebacker. He's an EMS guy now. Tone, I don't know if you heard it. Calls me up, man. My wife and I are watching TV. Sills. Watching Sean Taylor bleed to death. And I'm going like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm watching him bleed to death. He was, he was, he was shot in the groin. Protecting Andy Garcia's niece. He died right in front of him. I'm listening to this. And you're sitting here going like, wow. Um, I think that whole position over there at the right side of the Eagle O line. C minus. Yeah, Sean Taylor, man. I listened to George Myra Jr. tell me as his face turned to ash that he died right there on the phone. George was saying, tells he's dying. Nobody could do anything about it. He died right there. We were all like, holy shit, man. It reminded us so much of Jerome. He was protecting Andy Garcia's niece. We're like, ah, he was shot inside. I think he was shot at a home, at his home in South Florida. I think it was something like that. What a great kid. And dude, you know what you know what you know what his problem was? He had, he had a great personality, Sean Taylor. But you know what was crazy about him? Man, don't mess with him. If he didn't know you, his personality went dark on you. And he's like, Sills, you know me? I go, no, I get it. He goes, Punter thought he was going to start, like, you know, talking, and he was yapping. So you guys ever see that play in that, hey, you guys, you guys ever see that play in the Pro Bowl? Have you guys seen that play when he knocks that punter out or whatever it was? Was it a punter he knocked out? Did you guys, did you guys see that play? And um, he goes, this guy was chirping. And he kept chirping. And I'm like, and Ed reads, Ed, Ed's with us. And Ed, Ed knocked out a guy from the Colts because he like face masked him and was chirping. These guys are psycho, some of these guys, man. He hit that punter, man. And he just levitated that guy. Unbelievable, man. Oh, oh man. Sap was already there. He was. Sap, Sap, get this. Hey, David. Yeah, well, Butch was there. Butch was there. Then it, it, Butch started recruiting him when he was in Apaca. I think then Dennis got the job and Butch went and was with Dallas, but they were recruiting him because he was like a South. They were recruiting, get this. They were recruiting Sap, though, as a tight end. And when he got to Miami, he got to Miami as a tight end. I think Coach O was there as his O-line coach. After Butch, or Butch put O in there. I forget how that whole process went. Because Mark Caesar was the other day. The Rock was there during this time. Real, right? Hey, real, am I right? Um, Sap's in a pocket kid, right? He went there as a tight end, man. He stunk at UM. And so Mark Caesar goes, why don't you play defensive tackle? Changed the whole landscape for Warren Sapp. He went from being a defense or a, a, a washed-up tight end at Miami. And um, he went to being a Hall of Fame defensive tackle. 
Yeah, man. And Cortez, I recruited Cortez. Jerome and I actually recruited Cortez. I think he's a Texas kid. And Jerome and the mom came, or Cortez and the mom came down. God, man, I, I, I've posted the Hall of Fame. I got invited to the Pro Football Hall of Fame when he was inducted. And um, Cortez always said, he goes, hey, you think Jerome would be proud of me? I go, yeah. What are you, crazy? I'm proud of you, man. He goes, I know you are, man. I go, invited us to the Hall of Fame when he got inducted. And um, Cortez and his mom came down, and we took them out. And the, uh, Jimmy's like, don't do anything crazy, please. So me and Jerome and uh, Stubbs and I think Benny and Michael Irvin, we all took him out. I think the mom's name was Rose. Oh, Cortez was a great kid, man. Need to write a book? I think we're doing that, man. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a time out here and I want to look at week 10 of the NFL. All right? Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit.
Cowboys is still going on. If you type in Micah Parsons on X, do you know what pops up? Him doing this when Landon Dickerson's holding him. And everybody's on the internet going, not much he can do here. Hey, son, you're in the NFL. You get held every play. Man. They do not want to give you guys credit for beating them. You know, it really makes me want to root for you instead of Dallas. I'm not not that I root for Dallas because I don't. I don't root for the Cowboys. I don't really root for anybody. I like to see really good football. I do not root for them. Because I can't root for people who whine. Holy cow, man. No, hey, hey, Tone, type in on X. Micah Parsons, oh, I'm being held. (laughs) What a, oh, what a worm. Come on, dog. He is being held. (laughs) Oh, really? (sighs) Give me a break. What a crier. You know, there was a guy who's, my grandfather, you know what a swinehead is? You guys know what a swine ad is? My grandfather used to say this to me. You know what a swine ad is? It's three hairs on a pig's ass. <laughs> you played a swine ad. <laughs> Holy cow, man. Yeah, my grandpa, when I used to start moaning and crying, my grandfather would go like this. You know who Johnny Ray is? Cry me a river. <laughs> Or three hairs on a pig's ass. My, oh, Tony, it was terrible. My grandfather would go, hey, what are you playing the swinette on me here? Three hairs on a pig's ass. Ooh, like a violin. Holy maron. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maron, okay. Anyway, hey, how many people are watching Carolina Chicago tonight? Are you, hey, are you guys going to test your football? Your, your football tonight? <laughs> well, hey, watching. Watching Chicago, I don't, who's the quarterbacks in this game? Okay, so Bryce is Bryce quarterbacking. If he's quarterbacking, I'm gonna have to check it out. Who's the guy in Chicago? Wait, Bryce isn't playing. So is wait Justin Fields? Play? Oh, Maron, it's like an exhibition game. This is like an exhibition football game, then, right? Hoy vey! <laughs> oh my God! All right. Um, uh, two backups are going to be playing in this puppy here. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tune in for a half. And then I can listen to Al Michaels bitch about the game and him not give a good, strong effort. All right. Guys, you guys were sensational. I so appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you guys so much. It's going to be a football Friday. We can't wait for our football Friday. I want to thank Jason for coming aboard. Tone, absolutely killing it. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Two to six tomorrow, and we'll see you on the flip side.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.